Love it. It be showtime. And off we go into showbiz time. All right. Let's wind this puppy up and launch your way. Time is of the essence. You need to prepare now. It's episode 51 of Shooting the Shit at the Rogues Tavern. We got all kinds of great things happening here today. You all folks, you need to step right up and... Come on in, out of the dark. Settle down by the fire, have a drink, and fall down some rabbit holes with us. And we do have some rabbit holes tonight. This week we got some tips for greenhouse gardening, winter weather lore, solstice planning... Surviving the cycles and some serious deep, dark rabbit holes that we never even get to the ends of them or even cover all the ones we list here. So make sure you check out the show notes to see all the cool stuff we have in there. Links and links and links galore. Oh, yeah. We got all kinds of things happening. But, of course, we need to start this off with a little bit of soul searching, some warnings from the past about the future or, as you like, the Word of God himself, you know, take your pick. It is all kinds of things. Frankly, a lot of this I see as warnings about the cycles. I found out we're in another 12, we're in a, we're in a different 12,000-year 12, 12, cycle right now, too. Are we? Yes, we're in a 12,000-year cycle of going through the uh, galactic wave. The what? The galactic wave. You want to explain that for me? Uh, you may have to look it up. I'm not. I don't have it completely clear in my head. It's basically nah. the way our sun puts out waves of energy, in in like a spiral pattern. These waves, and we get hit by them about eleven every eleven years. We spend a few days in the sun's wave. Well, the galactic okay. wave happens too, but it but we only get hit by a wave every twelve thousand years. Okay. So we got so another we got another convergence of cycle this year uh, in in the next couple of years too. So. And that, Does that mean, sorry, I just quick question. Does that mean that we're more likely to actually get hit by one of the sunbursts? No, this has nothing to do with sunbursts. This is a oh, galactic okay. wave. Okay, they're, I'm they're, not understanding entirely what a galactic wave is. You'll I have think. to look that up. Um, the other thing is, is thinking of sunbursts, it, there's, a, there's a prediction that our sun might do a mini nova. A oh, mi, a lovely. Min, a mini nova burst. <laughs> So no more show or? Oh, no. no. Well, we might not have electricity, period, but you never know. <laughs> Like I said, no more show. But this is a whole other, it's like we've, we've been talking about being bombarded with cycles upon cycles upon cycles. Well, we've got another one. And today's, back to today's, that takes us back to today's reading from the Bible. It comes from Isaiah chapter 2, verse 1 to 22. The word that Isaiah, the son of Amoz, saw concerning Judea and Jerusalem and it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow unto it. And many people shall go and say, Come ye, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God of Jacob, and he will teach us, uh, we, he will teach us of his ways, and we shall walk in his paths, for out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war anymore. 
O the house of Jacob, come ye, and let us walk in the light of the Lord. Therefore thou hast forsaken thy people, the house of Jacob, because they be replenished from the east, and are soothsayers like the Philistines, and they please themselves in the children of strangers. Their land also is full of silver and gold, neither is there any end to their treasure. Their land is also full of horses, neither is there any end to their chariots. Char- chariots. Their land also is full of idols. They worship the work of their own hands, that which their own fingers have made. And the mean man boweth down, and the great man humbleth himself. Therefore forgive them then not. Enter into the rock, and hide thee in the dust. For fear of the Lord, and for the glory of the majesty, the lofty looks of man shall be humbled, and the haughtiness of man shall be bowed down, and the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. For the day of the Lord of the hosts shall be upon every one that is proud and lofty, and upon every one that is lifted up, and his shall be brought low. And upon all the cedars of Lebanon that are high and lifted up, and upon all the oaks of Basan, and upon all the high mountains, and upon all the hills that are lifted up, and upon every high tower, and upon every fenced wall, and upon all the ships of Tarish, and upon all pleasant pictures. And the loftiness of man shall be bowed down, and the haughtiness of man shall be made low, and the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. And the idols shall be utterly abolished, and they shall go into the holes of the rocks and into the caves of the earth for fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty when he ariseth to shake terribly the earth. In that day man shall cast his idols of silver and his idols of gold, which they made each one for themselves to worship, to the moles and to the bats, to go into the clefts of the rocks and into the tops of the ragged trees for the fear of the ra- for the fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty when he ariseth to shake terribly the earth cease ye from man whose breath is in the nostrils for wherein is he to be accounted of there you go that sounds a lot like a definition of things today yeah, well, that like, sounds like a definition. Run, hide, hide in the hills, toss all your crap away, and save your lives. Yeah, that's the earth's that's gonna the earth's gonna shake, rattle, and roll. Mm-hmm. You know, there's um there's a book series that was recently turned into a movie, and I loved it because it actually followed the books almost perfectly. I can't remember. What, oh, Mortal Engines is what it's called. Okay. And uh, Mortal Engines is essentially thousand, like a couple thousand years into the future after our age. And well, what they do is that, they have mobile cities. That's that the mobile city thing. Yes, I saw something yeah. in that. But something that always uh, that I always remember is uh, the historians of that time believed that in the current time right now, we had forgotten how to read because we were so obsessed with our electronics, yep. and we'd forgotten how to spell, and our idols were things like uh, uh, the Despicable Me, yet little yellow characters. What are they called? Minions. Minions. There we go. So our idols, our Reverent idols were things like uh, yep. the minions and yep. the Walmart thing, and mm-hmm. which is really entertaining. Yeah, well, 
Like I said, man, it's like I it's like the Bible may be nothing more than the warnings of things that are to come. You just gotta figure out how to tease out Interpret. tease out the interpretations of it from yeah. how it's been written. All right. Well let's go on. We do have um I threw in a couple special videos, but I don't remember what they are. Let's see what we got. What Ooh, we that's got? exciting. Yeah, I don't remember what they are now. It's like I picked <laughs> them up. Oh, here we go. We'll go with this one. We'll play just a bit of it instead of the whole whole three minutes. Good country music. Take this jab and shove it. We ain't buying this no more. We ain't woke, but we're wide awake. And know what freedom's for. Joe in the swamp done poke the bear. lied and told us all to take one for the team with fake news he sold us all a stinking pile of steam the cdc can kma and we need two stepper in the background just a little need. bit it's nuttier than hell think they're gonna <laughs> shoot that crap at our kids Take this jab and shut. We ain't buying this no more. We All right, ain't we'll leave it at that with the cute, with the cute uh, two-stepper. That's awesome. Yeah. I like that song. It's a good song. It's a good take on Take This Job and Shove It. I like it. There's another video <laughs> in there. Go, you have to go check that one out. Now, being as today is December 14th, and you know, I was looking for a fun fact. You know, nothing really exciting happened on December 14th in history. So what did I find? It's Monkey Day. That's all December. <laughs> that's awesome. That's all December 14th. It's Monkey Day. So I brought you a post on how to seven ways to celebrate Monkey Day. That's special. Seven interesting facts all about Monkey Day. So, all right. So December 14th is Monkey Day. We'll have to remember that one for the future. <laughs> That's awesome, though. All right. All right. Let's carry on. Let's carry on with what we've got. All right. So, yeah, just making sure. Yeah, I've got all that. Okay. It is winter time, and it is greenhouse time. And... I've been uh, in the greenhouse doing a few things here. I'm not going to play the video, but you'll want to go check it out. Uh, if you've got a greenhouse or you've built a greenhouse, this is something you'll want to do. And that I, I went and built. Yeah, it was snowing at the Oasis this last weekend. Got upwards yes, it of, was. Got upwards of four, uh, four inches of snow. Maybe up to five inches of snow at the Oasis this weekend. Basically what... Basically, what I did in there was uh, I, I had a bed in there. I took out another bench I had in there and put in another bed into the greenhouse. And that new bed is going to be used to grow crops the rest of the winter. But if you've got a greenhouse, you'll want to get some decent beds in there. For a while, I've been using it just for starter plants and everything else. And I realized I needed something in the greenhouse that I can actually grow full-blown crops into. But you can go check out the video on this. Now, one of the things I did in here, you'll notice I've got the bed in here. I did some Hugo culture 
for this bed. You know, it's a two foot deep bed and that's an awful lot of wasted soil because plants don't usually go down two feet. So I filled just over half to almost three quarters of it with uh, wood and other chunks of miscellaneous material and then topped it up with soil. And that That's gives a good it, idea. Well, it's, it's something I've read about. I've seen it done many times on different videos I've watched. And I thought, well, let's see how it works. So I've done that with both these beds. Now, that'll, the soil will compact down, but that'll give something to decompose under the soil and a place for more bugs and other things to go live and help create a living soil underneath. Quick question. Yep. Um, I've heard that it's only the top six inches that really matter. Is that true for soy? Pretty much. Top six to 12 inches. Uh, okay. Carrots, carrots will go down, carrots will go down eight inches. Um, horseradish digs down about 12 inches. It depends on the plant and the root. Trees, uh, trees themselves, of course, they'll send roots down really deep hunting for water. But the top, six, the top six inches is where all the nutrition is. That's where all the uh, bioactivity is at. That's where the worms live. That's where all the grubs live. That's where most everything happens in the top six inches of soil. So. Okay, so what I've heard is correct then. Yeah. So yeah, and then it was just I just filled it up with soil. Now, of course, in the greenhouse, I had to get that soil warmed up. It took me a day to get the soil warmed up. I added some plants to it. Let's see if I got it. Uh, nope, you'll have to go check out the other video. I did a second video um, for that day, and it shows me planting out this bed. And uh, I transplanted some lettuce and some lettuce and spinach and... Uh, bok choy, pak choy into it. So I'll have lettuce, spinach, and pak choy, which I had already started in another tray a month ago to grow them in a tray. And I thought, well, let's transplant some of them here and see how they do. So I'll have more and more videos on that coming out as the year, as the winter progresses. And as I start planting more and more, getting more and more plant starts, I got to get lots of plant starts started. The market's only three months away. And in February, March, April, May, four months away. Another question for you. How is your greenhouse holding up with the snow and everything? Oh, it's, it, it ignores the snow. That's nice. Nice. Uh, but I've been, I've been running a heater in there. I've been ah. running my propane heater in there when I've been up there. And I had the greenhouse the day I was working at. The greenhouse was 20 degrees on the inside. The soil temperatures for all my overwintering peppers and this other bed next door were as much as uh, 12 to 14 degrees. By the time I left there on Monday... I had the plant soils in these boxes up to 14 degrees, which means uh, when I get back up there this week, I'll be there even longer, have longer time to get the soil temperatures up. I'll get the soil temperatures up to 20 degrees, which will be exactly what the plants want. So Okay, now, so that's what you're doing with the heater, but what happens if you lose the heater? Like, say we lose electricity because power's gone out for whatever reason. Propane doesn't run on electricity. Oh, you're using just propane? Yeah, propane heater. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, it's cheaper than electricity. Yes, this is very true. And it's uh, more efficient. creates a higher BTU output than an electric heater. All right. I'll allow you to move on now. All right. <laughs> it is winter solstice. We are one week away from winter solstice today. This year, winter solstice falls on December 21st. You brought the same one I did. Well, you know, somebody's got to bring it. December 21st, winter solstice, the shortest day of the year, but funny enough, it's not the earliest or latest sunrise of the year. Really? Yep. 
due to a unusual thing, the earliest and latest sunrises actually occur in the first couple of weeks of December. Oh. It's really odd. It's yeah. Just, it's an oddball thing. Uh, I remember reading about it a couple of weeks ago, and I thought, wait a minute, that ain't right. And then I looked, and sure enough, you know, uh, can't remember the sunrise couple uh, uh, last week the sunrise was at 420 or sunset was at 420 and the sunrise was at 759 or something but mm. uh later uh around solstice it's like uh 423 or 24 for the sunset and 756 or something for the sunrise so it's really bizarre but it's the shortest yes. number of day daylight hours it's really bizarre how it works it just has to be with a quirk of the way the sun and the earth tilt. I must so, have missed that bit. So this is not in this article. It's in another article. Oh. It's in another article somewhere. So anyway, it is, so, it is the shortest day of the year. It is also the time of the, when the sun dies and stands still. Mm-hmm. For three days, starting December 21st, the sun appears to stand still. Until the 21st, 22nd, 24th, yeah, 25th, until December 25th. On December 25th, the sun rises again. Cool. And that's, a, that's another one that can be taken for what it's worth for those that uh, want to see it. It's like the sun dies on December 21st, and then it rises again on December 21st. It's, re- it's reborn and starts to rise, so... You mean December 25th is when it rises again? Yep, that's when, it, that's when it starts to rise again. And what I mean by that is if you are watching the sun, for those three days, it appears to not move any lower in the sky or higher in the sky. But on December mm-hmm. 21st, when it rises, it's one degree higher in the sky than it was for the previous three days. That is super cool. I'll have to look into some of the older traditions of what people did during those three days. Yeah. I know some of them included large fires that were kept burning for the full three days and people took and people didn't sleep much. Well, that's because they believed the sun had died. It was at its lowest point in the sky and it wasn't moving. It wasn't getting higher. It wasn't getting lower. Mm-hmm. And then of course, you know, on the twenty fifth it would it would start to move again and be hallelujah. The sun is back. It's that's the other great part is we're moving back into the long, the long days of the year. My favorite part of the year. This is my least favorite part is all the short days of the year. I like this part of the year, but I'm weird. Yeah. Well, I don't mind the January, February because the days are getting longer. I hate the November, December because the days are getting shorter. Well, it could also be because I'm a winter baby. Mm, could be. All right. Now we've got a little bit of weather fo- folklore for you. Some really interesting weather fo- folklore. What does nature have to tell us about cold weather? Christmas, is, Christmas in snow, Easter in mud. If we have a, hmm. green, a green Christmas, it'll be a white Easter. A Christmas metal's green and Easter will be covered with frost. Hmm. So many of the hours of the sun on Christmas Day, so many frosts in the month of May. That's interesting. If ice will bear a man before Christmas, it will not bear a mouse afterwards. Okay, what does that mean? 
means if uh, if the ice is thick enough to walk on before Christmas, after Christmas, you a mouse couldn't walk on it. Oh, okay. I love some of these old sayings because some of them make sense in a certain sort of way. And then others like, really, why that? You know? <laughs> So they're really kind of neat. I do like the old stuff. The, this, these old sayings came about for a reason. They weren't just mm-hmm. magically made up. They, they're, they just, over times of observations, people saw the same patterns happening. And then they just went, well, this is a pattern. Let's put it, let's codify it in a saying so it can be easily remembered going down through the ages. If December be changeable and mild, the whole winter will remain a child. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Well, it means the it means the winter will be uh, calm and mild by remaining a child. Well, aren't children calm and mild generally? Young, I don't know. Uh, that, that's my interpretation well, of it. Not my children. Well, then your interpretation of it. If it's going to be like that, then it's going to be insanely cold and miserable. That's kind of what I was thinking. Well, actually, very changeable. You know, like mm. one day really hot and the next day freezing cold. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what my interpretation was, yep. but... <laughs> the north wind blow, the, the north wind doth blow, and we shall have snow. So there's a whole bunch of them in here. They've got lots of them. They've got more articles leading off to more. I do like the old Farmer's Almanac for preserving the lore of days gone by. Yeah, I like them for that, too. You know, it's a lot of fun to go in and read it. And they make sure they, actual, they put actual history with, with things, too. Yep, they dig it up. They were part of creating some of this history. I mean, after all, they've been around for, you know, 150, almost 200 years. They've got the hole drilled in their, in their book still, so you can hang it out in the outhouse when you finally need it. Yep. So, that was the whole reason they drilled a hole in it, was because they found people were sticking it in the outhouse, and they needed a way to hang it up easily in the outhouse. Back in the day when people would read a book and memorize it, and then use it as toilet paper. Yeah, well, you know, got to do, do what you got to do. Kids can't even remember your damn phone number now. Mm. <laughs> People don't know what phone numbers are anymore. They just push a button or talk to their phone True. and say, hey, call so-and-so for me. Because I'm, I'm really ultimately lazy. I can't <laughs> even be bothered to look them up. Yeah, I remember when I was a kid, I had like 20 phone numbers memorized. Is that all? Crap, man. I must have had 50 to 100 memorized. I can't remember a single one now, but... I didn't have friends, man. I was the odd kid. Mm. <laughs> 20 was a lot of people for me. All right. Well, it wasn't just that. It was work and, you know, the fast food places and, you know, all the other places I needed to memorize. You always had to memorize your phone number. All right. Let's, let's dip into canning, can, cooking, canning, and other miscellaneous stuff. Here's something that everyone should seriously stockpile. And that is lard. Or tallow. Yeah. Definitely. I just, I just canned myself up uh, several cans of uh, tallow along with several, or several jars of tallow along with, along with several quarts of uh, beef stock. I took my beef Good. bones. I took my beef bones over the weekend. I simmered them for a while, and and then I uh, let them cool until the lard hardened. I scooped all the lard off there, and then processed that down to get rid of all the liquid. And then poured the lard into jars. Once you jar up, can up lard, it's shelf stable. Forever? 
pretty much, you know, years. It can be self-stable for years. They they say six months is the accepted, you know, safety measures nowadays. But in reality, yeah. in reality, you know, people have been doing this since the beginning of time, and they save their lard until they eat it all, basically, or they use it in some way or another. But lard is extremely calorie rich. You know, you need it in many things for from baking to cooking. It's one of those things that's used everywhere. And it is extremely healthy for you, contrary to all of the news media for the last 30 years saying lard is bad for you. Eat Crisco shortening, which is some other configuration of artificial fat. Great for cake. What, shortening? Yep. Well, I bet lard would still be do, would do very well. It would, but it's great for cakes because it cakes aren't really all that healthy anyways, and it mm. makes the cakes like velvety smooth. Mm. It's great. Okay, well, well, we'll we'll go with that. Just saying. But you get the lard from uh, the pig fat. They're talking this article here is specifically about pig fat lard or that bacon grease that you save. Now, bacon grease lard is really good. You know, it adds a unique flavor to everything because it's so salty or smoky flavored or whatever type of bacon you you make. And again, that one there, you basically save it up until you got a jar of it, and then you process it by heating it up and then filtering out all the little chunks and bits of bacon until you've got pure lard. I've done that a couple of times. Uh, Alan has a question. Sure. Does bacon fat have a shelf life, or does it need refrigerating? Oh, no, it can sit on your counter forever. Um, I was talking to my mom about this, um, and she was telling me that my grandmother used to keep a thing of bacon fat up near the stove, and it basically sat there forever. It would get filled, emptied, filled, emptied, so it would just it was just there forever. It was never refrigerated. Really? Yeah, it was never That's refrigerated. That's amazing. It was never refrigerated. Even on myself, I started doing that a, about a year ago. I stopped refrigerating most of it. I keep a jar in the fridge. As the jar fills up too much, I stick it in the fridge to preserve it longer. <laughs> but I just, I keep some out. Because I use bacon fat and everything. I go fry eggs. I scoop a little bacon fat. Um, you know, I use it when I'm making potatoes. I use it uh, all over the place. I use bacon fat. You know, All right, and, so really you don't need to do anything with the bacon fat. You just leave it there. That's cool. Yeah, well, you I bet. Always, it, I always thought that bacon fat had like a six-month shelf life, and then after six months you had to get rid of no, it. I, I didn't realize you could just leave it there. No, I, I had I had some get as old as uh, a couple of years in the fridge, and I decided, well, all right, two years. We'll see what happens. Uh, instead, what I did was I turned it into candles. Cool. I made bacon fat candles out of it. Yeah, I remember those. Yeah. You know, so they're, they're pretty, it's pretty useful. It's, it, even if, it, even if you, if you feel like you might not want to eat it, maybe it's been there too long or your question is like, I still live by the motto, if in doubt, throw it out. Mm -hmm. But what I do is I look at, can, can I use this in another way besides throwing it out? And fats, you can use fats as fuels in and around your house, like candles and other things in case of emergencies. So never throw out your fats, never pour out your greases and oils. Run them through a, a sieve to filter out any bits and pieces. Put them in another container. Label them as something else, you know, rancid oil to be used for uh, candles or lamp oil. You can use that rancid oil as lamp oil. I've so, definitely had fat go rancid on me. It's yeah. not pleasant. No, it's very, um, you, you know when, you'll know when fat <laughs> goes rancid. Lard, everything, you'll know when it goes rancid because you can smell it. You, Usually after a very hot summer. Yep. Yeah, once it hits a certain point, you, you, you can smell it when it goes rancid. Oh, yeah. 
But yeah, it, it, once it goes rancid, though, you can still use it in candles and other things. You know, it's still usable. Even if, you, if we ever get to the point where we have to make our own soap again, you mm-hmm. will need that fat can be used to make your soap. Because that's what soap is made from, is fat and lye and, uh, and, uh, and um, ash from your fireplace. My plug just came to mind where he was taking liposuction fat and making soap. That's right. That's in that's in um, Fight Club. Uh huh. Yep. So you see, it's like it's like it can still be it can still be useful. Yep. All right. Fifteen recipes for gift ideas. Yeah, this is pretty cool. Okay, go. Cheers. I'm I'm trying to find it. Well, okay, I'll just look at your screen. Uh, yeah, this one has some pretty awesome recipes. It's got a recipe for, um, for like flavored gin, which I think that's number 15. But as you go through, you see some pretty awesome recipes, some easy recipes, some harder recipes. But all of these are things that peanut most brittle. people... Peanut brittle. Yay, I like peanut brittle. Most people would love to have this as a present. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't need to go out... There you go. There's the flavor. Oh, it's the flavor vinegar. Flavored vinegars. Those are always yep. kind of cool. And then, of course, we have the fudge mm-hmm. and cookies. Shortbread, granola, and gingerbread, cranberry chutney. Mmm, chutney. That one I am definitely going to be trying out. And this one makes me think of the reindeer poop. Yes, yes. That's <laughs> what it looks like. It's reindeer poop. Truffles. Yep. Rainbow, reindeer poop that I grew up eating. I don't think it's the same recipe because I'm pretty sure he made his own recipe. He, but had, he had his own recipe for that. Yep. Yeah, that was that was Still old. Gumpy. Awesome, that was old Gumpy. I haven't seen him in several <laughs> years now. And of course, hot chocolate mix, which is a very popular one. That's what yeah. I did uh, last year, I think. Yeah. Well, I make my own hot chocolate now, so. So do I. And flavored gins. There you go. That's the last one. Flavored gins for those that drink gin, or for those who know how to make their own gin. Or uh, apparently, gin makes a good recipe addition. Hmm. I read that in a couple of things recently. I should probably buy a couple of jars then and stick it to the side. I've been learning a lot how to make my own chocolate stuff because I've been on a bit of a chocolate kick. Mm-hmm. And it turns out uh, my chocolate kick is not so bad so long as I keep it as dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. So I'm making myself dark, re- really chocolatey dark chocolate hot chocolate. Mm-hmm. And I made a dark chocolate uh, cake mix with like a quarter of the sugar. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Don't know why I've been on a chocolate kick, but... It's really easy so long as you have cocoa powder. That's another thing that people should really think about stocking up on is things like cocoa powder. Yes, I'm already stocked on that. Yeah, you are, but you don't have to go on chocolate kicks like most women do every month. I'm stocked on cocoa powder and cocoa beans. Nice. Cocoa beans are awesome. Yep. Mainly because I bought the cocoa beans because I wanted to make uh, cocoa extract. And uh, you only use a few beans to make the extract. So I had, mm-hmm. to, I had a whole bunch of beans left over. I had to vacuum seal and store away. All right. So no bake peanut butter balls. Yeah, this is uh, this one also reminds me of the reindeer poop. Yeah, that's closer to the reindeer poop. <clears throat> yeah, and it's a really easy recipe to make if you know how to melt chocolate. Like I always read in the recipes that you have to use a double boiler. Trust me, you don't have to. You just need a good spatula. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all you need. Yeah, well, double boiler makes it a little a little better for you. So you can do it a little slower, and there's less chance of burning it. 
Well, you can do it pretty slow on a on a stove. You just you gotta pay attention and make sure you have a good spatula and yeah. Anyways, you don't need a double boiler is what I'm saying. You can get around it. All I right. know I have. Let's see what the homemade eggnog recipe has from Mount Vernon. Yeah, this is an interesting one. This is George Washington's Christmas eggnog. Hmm. And they give you the history of it, They mm -hmm. and they give you the recipe. It seems like a pretty good recipe, very similar to the one I have in my old Canadian cookbook. Yeah, probably would be. So you need yeah, cream, milk, sugar, brandy, whiskey, rum, sherry. Let's just, <laughs> let's just toss out the cream and the milk and sugar, and let's just <laughs> enjoy the booze. Holy crap, that's a lot of booze. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a half pint of rye, a half pint of rum. That's 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 a pint and a quarter of booze to a quart yep. of cream and a quart of milk. That's two quarts yep. of two quarts of milk to a to a pint and a quarter of booze. <laughs> that's almost that's almost that's almost fifty fifty there, man. That's getting up there. That's some brandy, whiskey, <laughs> rum, and sherry. Yes, that yes. would make such an interesting mixture for flavor. Yeah, no kidding. It's not randy. It's it's rye whiskey. Well, this eggnog does have eggs, Alan. It says to take 12 eggs and, you know, separate the yolks and the whites. Yeah, add the <laughs> yolks. Eggs. Yeah, it's got eggs. Sorry, I, I was stuck on the booze. <laughs> I was stuck on the fact that there's so much booze in it, man. Go, George. <laughs> George Washington for your, your... You must have had some wild parties back in the day. Holy crap. Oh, I'm looking forward to trying this recipe. Yeah, well... <laughs> Well, we'll have, to, we'll have to track down some whiskey. Uh, Jamaican rum's easy. Um, actually, there's a bottle of sherry at your grandma's house where Christmas is at this year. All we need is the milk and the cream. <laughs> and uh, we'll have a dozen eggs kicking around, so you can mix it up. Maybe I'll actually try it with that much booze, and it won't taste the cream in the milk. Well, tell you what, I'll bring the whiskey if you, if you bring the rum. You bring the rum? I'll bring, the, I'll bring a bottle of yep. rum. You bring the whiskey? Yep. <laughs> Although we also need brandy. Oh, is there brandy? Oh, a pint of... Oh, yeah. I missed that one. We've got to buy some brandy. I'm all out of brandy. I haven't had brandy for years. I Last time I bought brandy, the jar, the bottle lasted for like seven, eight years because I only used it when it was baking. I don't, like I don't think I've ever tried brandy. I'm not overly, I'm not overly fond of the flavor of brandy. I, I like my whiskey and my rum, especially yeah. my Irish whiskey. All right, well, you'll have to print that recipe up, and we'll bring it up to uh, Christmas at your grandmother's. <laughs> we'll invite Sounds the, like we'll, a plan. We'll invite the neighbors over, because that, that that's going to make an awful, lot of, <laughs> an awful lot of booze there. Oh, yeah. And we'll invite <laughs> the neighbors over. We'll just walk around with a, with a picture and a carton and some empty cups and say, how about some eggnog? Before <laughs> <laughs> long, we'll be wandering through the neighborhood caroling. All right. What's every parent's favorite carol? Um, Silent uh, Night. <laughs> good, good one. <laughs> All right. Let's have a little chat about our food supply. <clears throat> Starting with 15 survival plants. You don't actually have to hide them from your neighbors because most of your neighbors won't even know these are survival plants. Because they say 15 no. survival plants you should hide from your neighbors. Well, most of them won't even know they're survival plants. No, once I went through this, I realized that a good portion of these, my partner was pulling up his weeds in their last place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll start with purslane. 
Um, this one here is a nutrient-dense weed that gets turfed all over the place. Everyone just stamp, stomps on it. It's something that you know could help you survive in, in times of dire need. It's high in three fatty acids and amino acids and vitamins A, B, C, and E. It's also got iron, magnesium, calcium, potassium, and manganese. Nice. It's not overly high in calories, but it provides you with nutrition. So you'll have to find things that give you calories, such as cattails, which once I finish the pond this next year, I'll be growing those. Because I'm excited for the pond. Yes, I am too. It'll take me all summer to dig it and get it uh, set up. But cattails, you can not only eat the poofy part up top, but the roots are extremely nutritious. Yep. And they're high in calories because they are a, a starch. There's, the roots are a high starch. And they're kind of like... The goo, and the goo inside, you can use as like a Novocaine almost. Yes, the goo inside is a painkiller. So cattails provide not only nutrition, but health and emergency supplies. So there's a lot to cattails. And most people don't even realize they're edible. I didn't until recently. You should check out the article they linked to, though, here. 50 survival uses for cattails. To tell you that. Now, of course, dandelions, most everybody know dandelions are edible. But of course, they are highly nutritious, but again, very low in calories. You just got to make sure it's the real dandelions and not the fake dandelions. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure it's the real ones. Which easiest way to tell in that picture there? There's only one stem. Yeah. If there's a yellow bulb coming off of the main stem, it's not a real dandelion. Hmm. Jerusalem artichokes, also known as sunroot or sunchoke. I actually started growing these this year. Oh, cool. And they, I haven't tried them yet. You got to peel them and you cook them like a potato. And again, mm. they're very high in starch, high in, high in calories. You know, so combine that with, with the dandelions and the purslane, you'll get not only your calories, but your nutrition. And, and Jerusalem artichokes, if you're not careful, you want to grow them in pots. I made the mistake of planting one in my bed when I dug it up. They were just everywhere. They'll take over. They'll become like a weed. And because they grow from a tube, um, they're a rhizome. If you don't get them all when you dig them up, well, they'll just keep coming back forever and ever. So you got to plant them somewhere. It's like I already made that mistake and I'm paying the price. Now, they've got uh, one here that we can't grow here, which is the prickly pear cactus. So, for those of you that live in the southern or desert areas or high desert areas where cactus will grow, this could be a really good one to grow. It grows very fast. It can be propagated by cutting off an ear and jamming it in the ground, and it'll grow a new cactus plant. Quick thing real quick. Mm -hmm. uh, Lily George says, Vasif Tech. I'm not sure if that means anything to you. Vasif Tech? Nope, have yeah. no idea what that means. Okay. You might want to expand upon that, Lily George, Vassive Tech. I have no idea. Yeah. All right. Wild strawberries. I've tried to plant wild strawberries, but they didn't take. So I may have to harvest a few from the wild next time I'm out and uh, grab a few uh, vines and uh, plant them. Because they're everywhere where I've been hunting this year. The wild strawberries were everywhere. So, <laughs> so much so, it was kind of like if you're hiking with somebody and they needed to, you needed to build a travoy to cart them out, you would grab up all the vines from the wild strawberries and use those to lash together the poles. 
<laughs> wow, that is quite impressive. Yeah. Summer and winter squash varieties, they might realize those are something. And yeah. I've, I've grown those. Summer and winter squashes are great. Um, you know, eat all your summer squashes, grow your winter squashes, such as um, uh, spaghetti squash and acorn squash and stuff. And then you eat those during the winter, and they're very high in calories and nutrition. It, is butternut squash a winter one? Mm-hmm. Cool. Butternut's a winter one. It lasts most of the winter in storage proper. Nice. Lentil beans, if you're going to grow beans, if you can grow lentils and, and harvest them, lentils are a very um, nutrient, they're, one, they're the most nutrient-packed legume, and they store very well if you store and dry them. Then there's cucumbers. These ones you definitely want to hide from your neighbors, although, and again, something extremely low in calories. But if you make pickles or other things out of them, at least it gives you that change of taste and flavor. Yeah. When you're when things are gone. Wild mushrooms, if you know how to harvest them. I barely know two mushrooms to harvest in the wild. I need someone to teach me this in the worst way. Because we have so much amazing wild mushrooms here when they when they're in season in, in early October to mid November. And if you gather a bunch, you get a lot of fresh mushrooms for a little while and you dehydrate as much as you can or freeze them if you like them. But Dehydration is better, in my opinion. Yeah, I can't tell poisonous from the good ones, so ne I just don't touch any of them. Neither can I. I can tell too. I can tell um, the lobster mushroom and and uh, chanterelle mushrooms. And I had chanterelles this year. Oh, they were so good. Nice. Fresh chanterelles and steak I had for dinner. The peppermint might be a bot. Oh, okay. Well, Vasa Vasa Tech is might be a scammer bot. Oh, okay. According to my, according to my peanut gallery. Mulin or cowboy toilet paper? Lamb's ear. All right, lamb's ear. <laughs> so many names for it. I've got this growing all over, my, all, all over the oasis now. And I started out purposely planting it, and then it just popped up everywhere as a weed. Oh, yeah. It's like, okay, well, I give up now. But next year, I'll be harvesting quite a bit from them. Because you can use not only the leaves, the flowers, and the pollen. Once you've collected the flowers and the pollen from it, um, you'll eventually get seeds. But then the seed component of it, you can collect your seeds if you want to get more of them growing. You won't really have to because they won't go away once you've made the mistake of planting them. <laughs> but... You can harvest the big stem that's created, and then what you do with that stem is you can go dip it in that rancid oil, and now you have a torch. Did I lose you? Yeah, no, I just had a coughing fit. Oh. My bad. Don't breathe liquid. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you harvest lambs here from the bottom up. If you take the top ones, it doesn't do well. The flowers? Yeah, you harvest the... Well, it blooms from the bottom up. Well, the, um, the leaves. Oh, the leaves, too. If do. you want to harvest the leaves, you yeah. take them from the bottom up. Yeah, you take them from the bottom up. Same with the flowers and the stem. But in the end of oh, the cool. year, you have this big giant stem, which is upwards of three feet tall. Actually, I had one this year that was five feet tall. And that stem where the flowers are at, once the flowers are done and everything else, you take that stem and you dip that, the end of all the flowered bit into oil or grease or something, and now you have a torch. It's pretty amazing that they can actually be used to help with chills, colds, pneumonia, sore throat, flu, bronchitis, and more. 
Yep, and also uh, and also by uh, smoking the uh, leaves, it's uh, great with uh, asthma. Yeah, it's amazing how no cat, no keyboard. Yeah. It's amazing how many things actually help with asthma just mm-hmm. by smoking it. Mm-hmm. Which is, which sounds counterintuitive when you think about it. Not really. I mean, we use an aerosol with mm-hmm. our current inhalers, but we're still breathing it in. Mm-hmm. And if you uh, breathe in sage smoke, that'll also help with yep. um, with with asthma. So then we got elderberry elderberry flowers, which I want to get some elderberry, and then wild lettuce. And I really want some wild lettuce because this is another plant that is uh, great for. Uh, Painkiller, antimicrobial, mm-hmm. and uh, sedative effects that are similar to opium. You know, and potatoes, and of course you must have potatoes. Always grow potatoes, grow yes. lots and lots of potatoes because you can live off potatoes. Just look at the Martian. The Martian? Don't you mean the Irish? No, the Martian. It's the movie. The Martian. The movie. Okay. Movie. The Martian. He lived on. He he was. It's he he was stuck on Mars for almost a year and a half, and he uh, ate potatoes he grew in his own shit. I am movie illiterate, so oh, well, <laughs> so am I sometimes. But there's just some that stick out. <laughs> the Martian sticks out for that one event. <laughs> he grew potatoes in his own shit and uh, lived off them for over a year. Because you can live off potatoes. You get, yeah, you get the tired Irish of, proved it. You get tired of eating them pretty soon, but, you know. Not when you figure out as many ways to eat it as the Irish did. I mean, there's potatoes, yeah. potato bread, potato pancakes, oh, yeah. potato. There's latka. There's all kinds of ways to eat it. All right. Here's an interesting one that I thought was great. This comes out of Mexico. And Mexico is set to replace 15 million tons or 16 million tons of GMO corn with native maize. Oh, that's smart. Really freaking smart. Yep. So this is a pretty interesting article that Mexico is, is looking to, you know, they're banning Monsanto bears Roundup herbicide by 2024. Nice. Which if that actually is completed, I will have a little more faith in eating produce that's grown in Mexico. Yeah, me too. You know, and they're they're pledging to get rid of the GMO corn by 2024 too. So in other words, they see the signs and they are fixing their shit before yep. it hits them in the face. Yep. Good on them. Yep, good on them. I, I really like that. I'm really glad to see at least uh, a country or two standing up and moving forward and doing some things. And of course, me native too. native maize is so much better for you. Oh yeah. Definitely. I've got some heritage flint corn seeds I'm going to try and grow this year. Ooh, maybe they'll grow better. Oh, I hope so. I really do. They were, they were collected from locally, so I'm going to see if I get lucky and get them to grow. All right, we've got another one here, 21 old-fashioned recipes your grandmother knew by heart. In fact, they assume that everyone knows them by heart. They don't even give you the recipes for these recipes. <laughs> they just tell you what they are, such as bread pudding, biscuits and gravy. Everyone knows how to make biscuits and gravy. Lard, uh, Amish scrapple, sauerkraut, potato soup, 
Hoover stew. Hoover stew is, it's like really, it's macaroni, macaroni, cheese, and hot dogs. It's like, okay, it was called Hoover yeah. stew. <laughs> Bannock, I think it's something that I know how to make. Bannock bread. Split pea soup, which I abhorred as a kid. I hated it. <laughs> Salisbury steak. One of my go-to recipes is Salisbury steak. I have a go-to recipe over at the Rogue's Tavern. I think I got the Salisbury steak recipes up on the Tavern website. So it's one of my things when I just really want something different and easy. You know, make a, make a fry up some hamburger patties. Basically, you're frying up hamburger patties and making a gravy and then soaking them in the gravy for, for 20 minutes. You know, goulashes, chip beef on toast, also known as shit on a shingle. <laughs> we had that a lot when I was a kid. Looks like it has a white sauce on it, too. It is. It's a, it's a white cream sauce. It's, it's chip beef and a white cream sauce. and then That you, just makes it look less appetizing. I know. That's why it was called shit on a shingle. <laughs> but it was really tasty. It was well, really I tasty. bet. It was really tasty. We, we must have had that about once a month when I was a kid growing up. Because it's 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 really inexpensive. It stretches your it stretches your food budget a long way, mm-hmm. you know. Because you just use chipped beef. Now, one of the biggest things that were used in this is they also often use jerky. You know, when people used to jerk their own meats and and dehydrate their own meats, and they were stuck with jerky. We you know they're getting in the middle of winter. Now there's no more fresh meat left, and all that's left is the dehydrated or processed meats. Yeah. So they take the jerky meat. They soak it in the gravy until it softens up, and then they serve it on, a, on, on toast. Makes sense. Jerky. Tomato jam, which I was given two recipes for tomato jam this year, which I didn't make. But, tomato jam. That sounds interesting. Yeah, and you make it with green tomatoes. Oh. It's what you do when you have a bunch of green tomatoes that don't ripen at the end of the season. You turn them into tomato jam. Makes sense. Peanut brittle. More sense than feeding it to the kids anyway. It actually gets used later on. Yep. So a whole bunch of really good recipes there. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's one for you. Inflation since Biden took the throne. Yep. So what this article is talking about is how inflation back in 2020 2020 they're like oh inflation's not happening don't listen to that and then it turned into yeah inflation is happening a little bit don't worry and now they're saying inflation has happened but it's a good thing for the economy mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> it's good and, for the grocery stores and good for the yeah. people to pay way more for their food uh, yeah as we've been warning you like, folks get stocked up beef beef has gone up 20.9 percent mm-hmm. yeah that's uh, insane I believe it. I haven't priced it because I stocked up on so much beef and meats, and I still have. I still don't have room in my freezer for more. And McPukes is six percent more expensive this year than it was last year. McPukes was already ridiculously expensive compared to when I was like yeah. in my twenties. Even mm-hmm. it's crazy. Oh yeah, it's it's gone. It's gone nuts. And inflation is there, and it's a problem. And the biggest one, everyone everyone notices in the grocery store, but. We're still coming everyone up. Is now. We're still, we're still, well, everyone who shops knows it, notices it, but we're still starting to see shortages in the grocery store. Yeah. And more and more shortages. And as I've been saying for, well, God, since we started this podcast, we've been saying it. 
That's yeah. a year now, and I've been talking about it for a couple of years to people. It's like you got to get stocked. You got to get way ahead. Once you get stocked up, then you just keep yourself stocked up. Every time you shop, you're no longer shopping for your current, well, maybe sometimes your current week, but you're still stocking up for six, ten, eight a year, year down yep. the road. You need food stocks, lots and lots of food stocks because it's going to get worse. And a lot of things that people don't realize is that the problems that are coming are not going to be truly noticed by the masses. And we're talking the masses that pay attention to the M5M media. Yeah, the ones who are thinking, oh, maybe it'll go away. Yeah. They're not going to really notice it until late February to the end of March is my prediction on this because yeah. that is when the mainstream media will no longer be able to ignore the shortages in fertilizer that the farmers will start talking about in late February, early March as they're preparing to plant their fields, realizing that there's 20% less fertilizer, which means they have to plant 20% less crops. Yeah. And by planting 20% less crops means 20% less harvest or less, less harvest. Who knows? Who knows what it's going to be in the end? But even if it is 20% less, that's a serious amount of shortages of food to feed all the people. You know, the only reason we have the society we have today is because of massive agriculture. Yeah. If it wasn't for the massive agriculture, our society would never have been able to achieve what it has done right now. We couldn't have fed all the people. We can't. No. We, we couldn't feed them, and we won't be able to feed them soon enough. And that's going to be a problem. That's going to create all kinds of problems. So be aware. So essentially, uh, if you need to, like, just finish off your stocking, work on it over the next couple of months. Yep. You you've got to do it in the next couple of months. Next couple if you're of months. Worried about, if you're worried about buying things for Christmas, bake things. Mm-hmm. Even for kids. Yep. Get get your kids to bake a bunch of things and give your kids a bunch of baked goods if that like you can do that, your kids will love it. Just give them lots yep. of sugar. Yep. They'll be happy. They'll be happy. And boxes. All right. So empty we, boxes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, empty boxes <laughs> is the present for today. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we got some tips here for keeping your chickens safe in the winter. I don't have chickens yet, but I will. Hopefully by this next year, I've got to build my chicken coop. That's a, that's something I've got to get done by spring when the, when the chicks are available. I got to get my chicken coop done. Yeah, I found this kind of interesting to look at. It goes through the various things you need to do to keep your chickens safe, and it doesn't just include um it doesn't just include, like, you know, keeping your chickens warm. It also includes keeping your chickens safe from predators and keeping them safe from, from sudden drops in temperature because mm-hmm. chickens are pretty good about dealing with the steady decline and the steady increase in temperatures, but the sudden drops, they can, they can cause issues, apparently. Also, yep. did you know that, um, that things that are used to keep away owls and hawks are called raptor deterrents? No, didn't know that. That is just so cool. Yeah. yeah. Raptor deterrent. Yep. <laughs> I didn't know that uh, owls and hawks were referred to as raptors. Yeah, I'm going to have to read this article over because I've got, I've got to prepare for it. I've got to learn everything I can. I've got, got to go back to my teenage years to draw upon everything we had. We had the most awesome chicken coop, though, when, I was, when we were raising them when I was a teenager. I yeah. Mean, we had a, we had a fourth, uh, 
what was it, about a 12,000 square foot work shed, and we had a chicken coop mounted to the side of the work shed. Oh, cool. And, uh, and it was a big chicken coop. It housed, uh, I think we had 15 hens and three roosters. That's impressive. You know, and so we had lots of eggs. <laughs> <laughs> lots and lots of eggs. So, yeah, and then I remember when we had to thin the, thin the flock, we had to take out like uh, a dozen of them to thin the flock down. I found this last one interesting. Give the chickens a choice. Apparently, a lot of chickens love the snow, but some don't. Yeah, well, Whatever their preference, yeah, just let, let them be. Let, let the door open, then go out there and play if they want, or stay inside where it's toasty warm. Because, you know, you've got to have, yeah. have a light bulb or a heater or something in there for them. Yep. All right. Let's see what else we got. We're coming up on the end of the hour. All right. What do we got? Oh, here's one just just you brought because you've been having such a joyous time with them. Hmm? How to get rid of your fruit flies. <laughs> yes. I am still having a crazy amount of fruit flies. I have done everything I possibly can. I'm following these instructions, and there's only a small herd of fruit flies now. So. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't know where they came from. I think they. I think I found my old fruit basket after we moved, and I theorized that maybe they had burrowed into there. Mm -hmm. Maybe we got rid of it, and we seem to have less fruit flies. But my goodness, I am about ready to just grab the torch. Oh, <laughs> well, you know, you don't want to set the whole house on fire just to take out the fruit flies. I'm I'm at the point where I'm kind of <laughs> tempted. <laughs> I know they can get truly irritating, but you know. The they like my nose. Yes, well. They like my nose. It's terrible. Almost everybody suffers from fruit flies from time to time. Well, something that I have figured out is fruit flies like the smell of e-smokes. So if you sit in one spot vaping with your e-smoke, mm -hmm. then they kind of gather on the roof above you. And so long as you are at least two feet away from them, they don't move when you move. So you can grab a bottle of Windex and you can squirt them so that they're stuck and then you can squish them with a, with a mop. Yep. It has brought down the uh, uh, population, I guess, the population of fruit flies quite a bit in my house. Oh, that's good. And it's very satisfying to kill like 20 of them at once. Yeah, I used to vacuum them up. I used to vacuum them up when they got to be a massive infestation. I'd grab the vacuum and I'd find out where they're gathering. I'd just suck them all up. They all gather above my head. We can't find anywhere else that they appear. Oh, well, maybe maybe there's a rotten piece of fruit in your hair still. How could there be? I had a shower. I've had many showers. Oh, I don't know then. There's something. All right. <laughs> I don't see anything else we really, really want to cover oh. here. Household uses for candles and candle wax. Oh, this is okay. actually a really useful list. Okay, let's cover this thing. Yeah, there's things in here that I never thought of. Like, for instance, if you have to shovel your drive, take your candle wax and rub it over your shovel. It will make it so that the snow will slide right off. Hmm. I wish I'd known about that when I had to shovel. I guess that would be like, you know, waxing the bottom of, a, uh, of your skis and uh, waxing the bottom of a snowboard. Yeah, but it never occurred to me because I don't do either of those things. Yeah, well, yeah, don't you don't get to shovel snow very often either. At least not yet. You know, a couple more, <laughs> couple more years, snow is going to be a common thing here, and everybody's going to go wonder what happened to global warming. 
Yeah. Um, saw teeth rubbed with a candle will cut wood more easily, and the candle wax will protect the blade from rusting. Yeah, that'd be, that's, that, that would be right. Rub candle wax on wooden drawers to make them open easier. Yep, I used to do that. It's, it's, it, it, uh, <laughs> it's like uh, lubricant for the wood. Uh, if, uh, yeah, it's, I'd never even thought about, but something else that I read on here to predict the weather, just blow out a lit candle. If the wick smolders for longer than usual, rain is on the way. If wick goes out quickly, look for fair weather. Gotta, now, love, gotta love the old sayings. Yeah, but I light a candle at least once a day, mm-hmm. and I have noticed that sometimes it's small, it, it's not, it doesn't have the red bit, but the smoke lasts for longer. Mm-hmm. On those days, it's always either raining or it's or it rains later on. Yeah, it's because I theorize it has to do with the dampness. That's right. It has to do with the high humidity. But it's a great way to mm. tell, which I think is just awesome. Yeah. Well, you see, our 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 ancestors were master observers. That's because they didn't have Netflix. They didn't have Netflix. They didn't <laughs> have the internet. They didn't have. Um, they didn't have television and radio and YouTube and everything else that all the distractions that we have. Yeah. They, they had time to sit and ponder things when they did stuff. They they look at things and they would just observe. And then they passed that knowledge down. But in the last 40 years, we've jettisoned all that knowledge in favor of uh, television at first and then the internet. And now to... Netflix and Amazon Prime and mm-hmm. YouTube and all the other tubes. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure that our ancestors are looking at us and going, "You idiots!" Well, you know, if as they say, if we could, if we could go um, wrap them in uh, copper wire, put ma- put uh, magnets around their grave, and then uh, connect some wires to it, the spinning they create would just generate electricity in perpetuity for us. <laughs> I like that saying. <laughs> so, at any rate, I think what we need to do here, I need a bit of a break to deal with my squirrel bladder. We're going to come back, and uh, we will start into some things that take us down some rabbit holes. And as soon as we hit the deep ones, we are off the tubes and on to just purely Odyssey. And there should be a link in the uh, description that will take you to Odyssey to come join us there. All right. Sounds good. Let's, um, I really got to change these songs, but uh, we're just going to go with... Um, I think that one I can use. Oh, not that one song. That's just a little short catch it bit. All right, let's go with this one. Before I learned to walk, I crawled on my knees. Looking up, I saw a world just beyond my reach. I cried in desperation till I finally figured out if I stood on my own, nothing could keep me down. I climbed that mountain just to see what was on the other side. On the other side, but thank God, thank God for mountains. Without them, I'd never touch the sky. By the time I turned 18, 
I was going on 42 With nothing left worth doing And nothing left to prove Then life said not so fast, boy And gave me a wake-up call I found myself surrounded By a jagged granite wall I climbed that mountain Just to see what was on the other side On the other side Thank God Thank God for mountains Without them I'd have never learned to fly Something to get over Some things you just can't walk around The choice was mine to make Go back the way I came Or keep moving Never looking down down. So I climbed that mountain Just to see what was on the other side On the other side Thank God Thank God for mountains Without them, I'd have never touched the sky. I climbed that mountain just to see what was on the other side. On the other side, thank God, thank God for mountains. Without them, I'd have never learned to Alrighty then, we is back. Okay, <clears throat> let's cover a couple of quick things on the Grand Solar Minimum before we dive into the Rona. Sounds like a plan. We have some interesting events happening over the Earth right now. Um, a couple of weeks ago, let's see, is this the... Okay, this is a jet stream, jet stream forecast. Okay, this jet stream forecast, and I need to spin the, spin the globe here so I can look at North America. There we go. Let's look at North America. All right, so the jet stream has dipped way down in North America. It's kind of returned to its normal. A couple of weeks ago, we had no jet, no jet stream at all. Yeah, that was interesting. And that's because of the Grand Solar Minimum messed things up. That's what caused our massive rainfalls was the fact that the jet stream wasn't flowing like it was supposed to. And you can see mm-hmm. it's back to flowing. And it changes week by week, day by day, it changes. So there's a link in the show notes to take you to the Weather Network to check out the jet stream and see what's up with it. You'll want to go check this out. It's well worth doing and learning a little bit about our weather and our weather patterns. Now, what is done, though, because the jet stream has returned, Northern California is getting hammered. They're getting what we had in 96? Yes. And well, we're still going to get that later in this year. We we haven't even got our snow yet. No, we haven't. But I mean, we also are a little more used to snow than, say, California. Southern California. Northern California should be used to it. They get it. They they usually get it uh, regularly. Really? I thought if yeah. you lived in California, you didn't get snow. Not the southern, central to southern California, nothing. Oh, okay. Um, but northern California would get it. But northern California is going to get hammered, but southern California is going to get the rain, and they won't be able to complain about their drought. 
after this year, <laughs> at least for another year or two when their drought will return because anyone who knows the history of California, I used to know, I used there. there's actually a translation on what California meant. It meant like fire thing. The land on fire. The land on <laughs> fire. But there, there, there's a write-up that a fellow who went to the California gold rushes and then quickly left, he did this write-up describing California as a hellscape of shaking oh, yeah. earths, burning forests, you know, <laughs> dry as this. And it's like, it's like, it's like, really? So you're describing California today, but that was a hundred years ago. No, no, that's California as it's always been. Yep. You know, that's California. It's always it just calmed like, down for a little while. Now it's back. Yeah, well, it calms <laughs> down. Then it gets miserable. It calms down. Everyone forgets that it gets miserable. It so, doesn't help that no place talking about the weather or what have you does, refuses to go past 100 years ago. Yeah. Oh, I know. This refusal to go past 100 years ago makes it rather hard to really understand what's going on. Well, some of the, some of the data they kick out, they refuse to go back past more than 50 or 60 years. Oh, jeez. You know, for some of the data they kick out. But when you go back 400, 500, 600 years, you can see the cycles. Mm -hmm. You can see them. Now, they're not a precise every 400 years or 300, but they're within a reasonable amount of time either side of that 400 years, 300, 200, 150, all the cycles. The cycles exist. They exist okay. because our universe exists is a cycle. Everything is a cycle. Everything revolves and com and it's it repeats. Everything repeats. You ever find yourself waiting in traffic with your turn signal on and the person in front of you has their turn signal on and by watching their and your turn signal, they'll be out of sync completely. But then for a couple of clicks, they'll be in perfect sync and then they'll slowly fall out of sync. Yeah. That's our patterns of weather. That's our patterns. That's, a, that's the patterns of the world. The, the universe, the entire yeah. universe has that patterns. Right now, if I'm understanding, we are going through the syncing up of the turning signal at the stoplight. We're not just the turn signal. We're syncing up <laughs> everything, man. The, you got a line of a thousand cars all syncing up their turn signal right now, it seems. <laughs> we have so... I, I still... Every time I trip across another cycle come together, it's like... Another one? Really? <laughs> it's like, what are the odds that so many cycles would converge on the next two or three decades? Doesn't this happen like every 25,000 years? 26,000 years, I think, is when 26, it happens. 26,000 years. Every okay. 26,000 years. And, and that's another thing is we are in a 26,000-year cycle, too, which is the, yeah. <laughs> <coughs> the kicker of kickers is a 26,000-year cycle. Let's hope it doesn't destroy our civilization this time, though. Well, if people are interested, they can go to Gaia.com. Yeah. They have a lot of information on there. Mm -hmm. And they actually have uh, real people who tell you the actual... They talk about the actual cycles. Yeah. I forget what those people are called. And what they're doing is... What they'll do is actually take these... Um, these ice cores that they have where they've gone down like hundreds of feet and they'll show you the different cycles that you can see and teach you how to read the cycles in these ice cores that they've taken as samples. It's really cool. Yep. Well, there's a lot going on and a lot of history is being hid from us. Oh, Gaia.com is evil. All right. We got something from Blaze Media. Meteorologist responds with data after... 
Sleepy Joe seemingly blames climate change for deadly tornadoes. Of course he does. Yes. It fits the narrative to blame climate change for those deadly tornadoes. Yeah, but what's really entertaining is that a meteorologist came on and completely defied everything that Sleepy Joe said, man. It was just great. Of course. Yeah, and he actually brings facts, and he's like, no, this is this, oh, and that is he, that, and this is he, why this is He shouldn't happening. have done that, man. How dare he bring facts <laughs> to, the, to the battle? That's like bringing a gun to a knife fight. Oh, I'm sure that he, his entire career is going to be destroyed now. Mm-hmm. They will. They'll go after him. Because they, yep. they, they can't have somebody out there telling the truth. Truth is not allowed. You only speak what we tell you you have to speak. And but the, the things that the meteorologists brought it, are actually good things to know, mm -hmm. such as the amount of tornadoes has gone way down. Mm -hmm. The amount of, um, I can't remember them all. Um, well, it's not just tornadoes. All the major storms, the amount, the number has gone down, but it's about to increase on us, folks. Hail and wind have uh, come to record low. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, it's about to get worse, though, because as the, uh, as the sun continues to step down, we are going to have an increase in cosmic radiation. That increase in cosmic radiation is going to, is going to uh, increase the amount of cloud cover on the planet and the increase in the cosmic radiation and the lowering of our magnetic field. Because we've also got the problem of our magnetic field right now, which is slowly decreasing. And they keep, they're predicting that we may see a, uh, a pole flip in the next uh, 10 years. Yeah, And if the pole flip happens, then that's going to cause all kinds of other things with the increase in cosmic radiation. It's going to cause an increase in volcanic activity. And, well, our planet's going to shake, rattle, and roll, and you, we're going to have a hell of a grand old time. What's interesting is if we were going through this uh, pole flip with mm -hmm. the sun at its usual, at usual level of activity, uh, we'd be screwed. Yeah, but you know what? The we, fact that we are in a solar minimum is making it possible for us to have this polar well, flip. The, the pole flip can only happen when the sun steps down. You know yeah. why? Because our magnetic field is, our magnetics of the earth is impacted by the sun's magnetic rays, energy. And that the sun has stepped down its magnetic energy means the earth was still charged and we have to, and our earth is still dissipating its charge. And that dissipating of the charge is what's allowing the poles to change and flip. It's like, you know, dragging a magnet across something that you magnetize and then that magnetized item slowly loses its magnet magnetivity. I used to do that with screwdrivers when I was a mechanic. I would magnetize a screwdriver with a specialized magnet and over a little while that magnetic ability to the screwdriver would dissipate okay so it's so it's kind of feeding off each other no it is it feeds off the sun we feed off the sun entirely okay. we so don't we, feed off the we sun. don't we don't generate magnetic energy we we grab it from the sun we get our magnetic energy from the sun we don't generate it i no. didn't mean that we generate it what no. i meant is our our flip can't happen while the sun is at its peak no, it but can't. the sun is but because the, the reason why our flip is happening is because the sun is not at its peak. Yep. It, what I'm saying is that's an effect that's a yep. cycle. It's a cycle. It's a cycle. And they've known that this has happened before. And history has shown that the poles have flipped before. They taught us about it in grade two. Mm -hmm. I wonder if they still teach second graders that. Probably, no, probably not. not. But this leads us to 
all of the distractions in the world. And that takes us on into... Alrighty, well, I can talk a little bit about this first one here, but after this one, we're going to say bye-bye to the tubes and the twitches and the, and the face cracks and beat Strickland Odyssey. So go over there and join us, folks. First one here <laughs> is the bullshit is flowing once again in BC. Oh, my goodness. Really? And, yeah, really. And they're saying that the worst cases of the omi, 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 crons, crons scenarios could see the hospitals overwhelmed and new vid modeling shows. Modeling? Really? Modeling? Come on. Your fucking models have been wrong for two goddamn years. Let's get a new model. Climate change is real. Don't you believe? Oh, absolutely. I believe that climate change is real. It's called the grand solar minimum. (laughs) So anyway, what they're talking about here is they're talking about that is the British Columbians don't take steps to protect. It's like, wow, the time the Times colonist is so bloody mainstream media. It's not even funny sometimes when I trip across one of their articles. I'm just I just want to bang my head. Did you know that Canada has a 10 percent higher uh, jab rate than the rest of the Western world? I would believe it. Canadians are more compliant than anyone else. We really are. What's wrong with us? We're wimps, stupid, whiny people. I don't really know. Are we just lazy? lazy. We just want to keep the peace. We just want to keep the peace. We don't care. (laughs) We want to be left alone to live our lives. It's like, all right, we'll do it. Well, some of us will. Approximately 75% of Canadians will. The other 25% are fighting really hard right now. You know, they're, they're like, a worst-case scenario, see the Omicron surpass the Delta as the dominant strain with the transmission and ability to evade immunity as much as three times higher as hospitals uh, and hospitals reaching previous daily high of 75 by January 10th. In other words, they're looking at shutting down the province, folks. And... In this, and what they're, they're actually they're lining, meaning they're is that you instead up. of a flu, you're going to get a cold. You're going to get a cold. That's, what, that's what's been reported so far, which is, which is what we predicted back a year ago. And yeah. the No Agenda show predicted two years ago. Mm-hmm. And many people predicted two years ago, this is going to become a common cold. It's going to become yep. something that we're stuck with forever. It's now out there in the wild. It'll never go away. But it's going to be... Some people will get sick. Some people will get sick and die. There's people that get sick and die from colds. Oh, yeah. It happens. But on the whole, as it's been since the beginning of this thing, when they said it was so deadly, as the numbers started to accumulate after a year and a half, it was a 99.5% survival rate. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, really? Okay. And 
You know, I'm predicting. Uh, also, the other thing that's happened is True Idiot, our illustrious Prime Minister of uh, our Cuckless Wonder, our Cuckless Wonder of Canada, has uh, he had a he had an emergency meeting with the premiers of uh, all the provinces tonight. Meaning they all had drinks together. No, they were on Zoom. <laughs> they were all on Zoom. Well, they had drinks via Zoom, I guess. Yeah. At any rate, what that's going to be is uh, I can see several provinces going into full-blown lockdown. I think Alberta's trying to not have it because uh, their cuckless wonder of their prime minister is, uh, uh, not prime minister, but premier, is uh, wanting to have his Christmas parties because he was changing the rules just so he could have his Christmas party. <laughs> yeah, but isn't Alberta also ready to like band together and hmm. just... Yeah, Alberta Alberta's about ready to revolt because Alberta yeah. is Alberta is the most wild province in Canada. Yeah, they are. They're our wild wild west, man. They're what's left of the wild wild west in Canada, yes. So of course in BC we're all too stoned to care. Yeah, for the most part. BC is <laughs> pretty stoned and wait and it's like, yeah, just leave us alone. <laughs> but I am predicting that uh, either tomorrow, Wednesday, or Thursday that many premieres will be announcing lockdowns just in time for Christmas and to ruin everyone's Christmas plans as we're two weeks out from Christmas now. Oh, I'm sure BC will be the first one to announce it. Yeah. It's like, I can't believe our cuckless wonder for a, a premiere. He seems he was so, so good at first. He was so good at first. And then he had, a, he had an election and got reelected, which gave him four more years. And he started freaking being a dick from that point forward. Freaking 180, man. He did a 180. Frick. It's like, really... Okay, I definitely won't be voting for your ass in the next election. Whoops, maybe we should say goodbye to the tubes. Yep, we should. <laughs> Let's go do that. All righty. That's the end of the tubes, folks. Talk to you all later. <laughs> Bye-de-bye. Go join us on Odyssey. All right, we're well, out of the tubes. All right, good. I realized, oh, I'm treating it like we're on Odyssey. I should probably point that out. Yeah, well, yeah, I was lost, too. All right, so let's continue on our merry little way here. Now we can get into the really big shit here. Yep. Let's start with kids are dying. Kids are dying, eh? Kids are dying. I seem to have a hard time believing that. UK sees a 44% increase in child deaths after the jab rollout for young teens. Oh, okay. I don't have a hard time believing. Yes. Deaths among 10 to 14-year-olds have been consistently above the national five-year average since the shots started being administered to children. According oh, I to can't a report, imagine why. Oh, heart attacks amongst kids are common. I mean, they happened they all now? the time to the people I knew growing up. They were everywhere. Hell, that well, was that Joe down the common street. now. And isn't, it the, isn't the news speak all about whatever is common now means it was always common? Yes, yes. That's what they're whatever trying. Whatever is now, it always was. Yes, that's what it is. That's what they're trying to do. It's like, what? You know. Oh. Kids have strokes, too. Yes, I, I remember all the kids having strokes <laughs> when I grew up. Okay, so under the Great Reset, I just need to bring this up because I have a feeling we're going to be stuck on the vid for pretty much the rest of the show. Yeah, where's the... I, I got to find this one under the Great Reset. Which one? The Great Reset, Build Back Better. 1984 is being retold from a woman's point oh, of view. Oh, God. They're making it a feminist fucking novel. Orwell himself is succumbing to Orwellism. Yes, I know. And uh, just 
want to point out a quote from the original book. Every record has been destroyed or falsified. Every book rewritten. Yep. He foretold his freaking future. Yes. Yes. But it's like, ah, who the hell are they even writing this for? They're my uh, my, my assumption it, is for the new generation. They're writing it for the blue-haired feminist Nazis. And, and yes, the next generation that they can still uh, bullshit. But the blue-haired feminazis, they have probably never even read this book. Therefore, they have no actual history, no nothing to base it on, no true understanding of what 1984 was even about. Yeah. And the people who have read 1984, well, we're not going to touch this. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, who are they writing it for? Oh, right, they're writing it for our children, so our children read the new version and never read the old version. Yeah, it's, it's being told from... The lover's viewpoint. Mm-hmm. It's like, really? She was like a secondary character, and the character yeah. of this book was not about the character. It was an assassination of the society. Yeah. It was all about the society and what was happening. The character was just a way of doing the story. You know what's interesting? And then, oh, well, you gotta, you gotta love this part. Okay, this is typical feminazi. It was the man from the records who began it, him all unknowing in his prim, grim way, his above-it-all, old-think way. He was the one, some Did called he? old misery. So they're bl- in other words, they start out blaming the man for everything. That's, uh-huh. that's, that's real good, typical feminism. Right off the yep. bat, it's all the man's fault. He did this to me. I didn't want to become involved. He sucked me in, and it's all his fault. It's like I, I hadn't even—I I heard that bits and pieces of that. And now I'm just reading that. I'm like, holy fuck, really? Yep. Something I found very interesting. Um, something that's actually connected to this mm-hmm. is J.K. Rowling made another awesome tweet. Yeah, what? Uh, what she tweeted is: "War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. The penis individual who raped you is a woman." I love it. That was great. (laughs) I love it. That was great. And uh, I didn't think about this, but she actually created an entirely Orwellian world in her series, Harry Potter. Yeah, she did. She did. I didn't think about that. She did that in one of those uh, one one of one of the book series is where she brought in that uh, crazy ass wench. No, it's not just about. Uh, it's not just about her. It's about Voldemort in general because it's because of Voldemort that the crazy bitch ended up existing at all. Mm. Because everyone was so afraid of Voldemort gaining power mm-hmm. that they started hiring people who seemed tougher, people who seemed stronger, mm. like the crazy woman. But yeah, it's just, uh, I just wanted to point that out because those yeah. two things are pretty freaking awesome and yeah. I wanted to bring them to everyone. All right. Well, they got them. <laughs> Let's go wander back into the Rona. All fifteen of our followers. <laughs> fifteen, man, we got fifteen. We got thirty-two. We got thirty-two subscribers on the tubes. Maybe someone will show up here on the. Uh, we got fifteen on uh, Odyssey. Yep. We only had we only had uh, twelve last week. Cool. So well, all fifteen of our followers. Got, I'm stoked. We've gained we've gained three. Hell, we're gaining we're gaining followers faster on Odyssey than we were on freaking uh, YouTube. That's because the thinkers come here. Yes, that's true. The thinkers are all on Odyssey. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's see here. Uh, where did I go? Oh, the, school, the, the, the schools bitch. in our area are such good soldiers. This is yours. 
Is it? Well, I don't. I don't make. I, I always put a title in front of mine. You you make you make the title your link. True. Uh, where there we go. Um, something about orders, notices, COVID novels, novel virus. Oh, this is something I actually got from the school. Uh huh. Uh, can you tell me what I called it? You called it, um, the schools in our area are such good soldiers, making sure to send us all of the PHO orders oh, there we go. that we must follow, provincial health orders. Yeah, okay, so if you look at this, my, I remember now, so scroll up for a moment. Yep. Now, on this page, orders and notices, guidance letters and statements, all that stuff. But it starts with orders and notices. So this orders and you notices... You must follow PHO orders? Yes. Go fuck themselves. Yeah, public health orders. But I love the fact that PHO also means faux, mm-hmm. like faux leather. Yeah. I love that. So you must follow the faux orders. Well, if they're false orders, why follow? Yeah. But yeah, I just I found this very interesting that this is all connected to my kids school it's not actually my kids school it's the district Mm -hmm. it's all connected to the district which i found very interesting to have public health orders connected to school yeah public health orders shouldn't be connected to that yeah but yeah i thought this was an interesting thing to bring which you'd have to spend some time wandering through this one folks yeah all right here we go we got one here remember you will no longer have the right to refuse any medical procedure they want to place on you. Maybe next, they will decide that you need to be sterilized. You Mm -hmm. need heart surgery and have no choice. They decide you might have cancer and you must submit to chemotherapy. This list will get longer. Let's add in here the Texas Heartbeat Act, which will tell people what they can do. But this is being challenged in the Supreme Court as bad as because the government can tell me what the government can can't tell me what to do with our body. It's all brought to you by Pfizer. Oh, I know what that was. That was something I've been trying to remember to read out every week because this is all <laughs> I've, I've managed to add in a bunch of crap this week. But this that what I wrote that out. I wrote that out a couple of weeks ago, and this was in response to the mandating of the jab, which God. For some reason, yeah. I'm beyond comprehension of how many people say, yes, just get it, do it, do it. And it's like, you know, the moment the government can tell us to take a medical procedure, doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a vaccination or whatever, and say we must do it to participate in normal everyday life, what's to say they can't mandate Another medical everything procedure. Else. Everything else. Every other mandate. Oh, you're fat. I mandate you don't eat. I mandate you get gastric bypass surgery to shrink your stomach so you can't eat anymore and you'll stop being fat. What's to yeah. stop them from doing that? You know, it's like once you give them that kind of power, they will continue to abuse it and abuse it and abuse it. Even scarier than that, I saw an article, which I forgot to bring to the show. About this whole, you know, people who have designer babies? Yep. And currently, they get to choose what sex the baby is, what color hair, all that jazz. Well, what's to stop, and like, this is my idea, what's to stop in the future the government deciding, well, we already have this amount of males and this amount of females, you're going to have a male slash female. That's right. 
to, to fit the population. Oh, and because we already have this number of, ma- of blondes and this number of brunettes, we're going to make your child a redhead. Yes. It's like, I'm doing that. It's exactly what can, it's exactly what can happen. Mm-hmm. All right. Here we go. Fact checked. Sweden is rolling out COVID-19 vaccine passports by inserting a microchip into people's hands. Oh, fuck me. Yes, they are. Really? They're, not, man- they're not mandating that yet, but they are doing it. How did I miss this? I don't know. But they are. They are rolling this out across Sweden. That's disturbing. What happened to Sweden, man? Sweden? Sweden's always been pussified. They were, they were the first ones to embrace uh, the mass immigration and letting all the women get raped. That's Th- true. That's not Switzerland. you got to remember, it's the difference between Switzerland and Sweden. Oh, Switzerland, thank you. Switzer- okay. Switzerland is the one where they, they, they spend two years in the army and they take their guns home and they keep them. Yeah, that's what I was you actually know, thinking with Switzerland. Switzerland's a little, got a little more balls, not Sweden. Sweden's got no balls, man. Sweden's so fucking pussified, they don't know whether they... They don't know where they're coming or going. We actually heard anything about Switzerland throughout all this? No, no, not really. Every once in a while huh. they pop up, but I haven't, I haven't heard much. I, ha- I have to do some research, find out about what's happening in Switzerland. Maybe Switzerland's yeah. doing like they did during World War II. Just staying silent and being like, fuck you all. <laughs> fuck you all, man. The only way you can even get into our country is through the tunnels on the trains or fly <laughs> over on the planes. That's the only way to get into Switzerland. We'll just cut you off. We'll blow the tunnels and blow the bridges and nobody can get to us. That works. Yeah, it's like Switzerland is kind of isolated. They're pretty self-sustaining too. They've yep. never changed that really. No, no, and they haven't. And they're smart. What's interesting about Switzerland? Okay, if you and this is going to take us down a side rabbit hole. When we talk about the four races of humanity, the the uh, blacks, the the blacks, the whites, the yellows, and the reds, meaning mm-hmm. the black people, the white people the Oriental people and the Indian people, the, each, each race has a designed people who are the holders of the sacred objects. Uh, the blacks, I can't remember, it was not, it's not Kenya, but it's one of the high mountains in Africa is holding it. The Indians, it's the Hopi people in the Indians holding the, holding the sacred keys there. The uh, um, Orientals, it's the Tibetans that are holding the sacred keys there. And for the white people, it's the Swiss that are holding the sacred keys. Interesting. Yeah. And if you go look at all of those four areas, those are four country or four areas that are often left alone. That is very interesting. And there, nobody, nobody really threatens them, although there's been some threats against uh, Tibet, but even China sort of, Backs put, off. Backs off here and there on Tibet. But it is interesting when you look at it. And that is another side fucking rabbit hole that someone can explore another time. I've been, <laughs> I've been down that rabbit hole a few times. Every once in a while I trip across it and I decide to go wandering down it deeper to see how much more knowledge I can glean from it. That's cool. All right. <clears throat> so, yeah, we have, uh, we have this going on in Switzerland. Or uh, Sweden, not Switzerland. Um, the fear of the Omicron could absolutely crush the global economy, and they're seriously trying really hard to do this. They really are. With this Omicron, they're succeeding. They're they're pushing this Omicron so fucking hard. It's insane. I can't believe the insanity with how they're pushing the Omicron. 
and it's like all the reports coming in, it's basically a harsh cold or, yeah. or, a, or, a, or a difficult flu at worst, you know, a day or two down and you're back up and at them again. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like, this is insanity what they're trying to do to us with this. And they're really trying hard. You can see it across the governments and the yeah. fact that nobody's dying has really pissed them off. Cause it's been three weeks and nobody's dead yet. Yeah, like I have a link here of the doctor who helped to discover Omicron variant writes a scathing letter to Powers Reaction. Where's that link? Uh, one, uh, two down. It's, it's under JAMA Shell. There it is. Doctor who discovered variant writes a scathing letter. Leather. Letter. Yeah. The letter is essentially saying, what the fuck? It's not quite that straight up. What she says is, nothing I have seen about this new variant warrants the extreme action the UK government has taken in its response. Which essentially sums up the world's reaction in general. You know, know, one of the most interesting things about this is, okay, this is the one that nobody's talking about. None of the mainstream media is talking about, okay? This variant appeared, what, three, four weeks ago, give or take? Mm -hmm. At that point in time... Supposedly, no one across any country could travel via plane without being double-jabbed. Yep. Okay? This originated in Africa. How did it get to all these other countries if nobody could travel unless they were double-jabbed? Because a jab doesn't do jack shit. There you go. It just changes your chemistry. Yeah, and it's doing a good job of changing the chemistry of people. Mm-hmm. We're going to see mass die-offs in the next... Um, Next year, going to be seeing. Ma- We're already seeing shitloads of die-offs. Shitloads next few of di- years are going to be rough. The last next few years are going to be really, really hard on all the people who have taken the vaccine. Some will live, yeah. some will die, many will die. And I have uh, a feeling a lot of men are going to die. Yep, a lot of men are going to die. A lot of women are going. Everyone's going to die. It doesn't matter. <coughs> it does seem to be targeted at young men, though. That does seem yeah. young men in their hearts. It seems to be targeting that. That's what I mean. It's men seem to be gaining the most damage physically from it. Mm. Women seem to be becoming more sterile than yep. men do. But yep. like, yep. it's, women it's are, an women interesting are, combination that they've created. Kill off the men, sterilize the women. Yeah. Well, they'll be the the new pure bloods, as a lot of them are calling. Some of them are trying to change the name. We don't want pure bloods because that that that's got. It's got bad connotations. So they're trying or to, Harry Potter connotations. Well, Harry Potter, but they're thinking they used to call them purebloods in uh, Nazi Germany, too. True. Did you know that the signs that all of Germany has up are identical to the signs that they had up back in the day that said yeah. Jews, uh, Jews are not welcome? All, all it says now is vaccinated. They only changed one word. Yeah, and mm-hmm. actually the signs look identical. It's well, creepy. That's the German language. I have a couple of links about that. Mm. All right, ladies. So what is Jama Shill? What? Jama Shill, an assistant professor of neurology at Harvard Medical School, claims severe COVID vaccine injuries are just biopsychosocial oh. problems in people's heads. Yeah, this is a, a side. Natural news is an interesting place to read stuff. If you really want some deep, dark uh, fucking uh, conspiracy theories, subscribe to this. <laughs> Honestly, I don't disagree with that statement. No, no, I, I don't disagree with it, too. You know, the, the vaccine... So, Harvard still has thinkers. Yes. 
You know, there's still a few, but every time they pop their heads up, somebody fix and takes an axe to it. Like them all. <laughs> you know, the thinkers, man, the thinkers are keeping their heads down because they want to keep their they want to keep their heads. Yeah. So the vaccine injury is a disorder that the authors of papers say can be treated by healthcare professionals having conversation with parents. No, see, this was uh, this is a little bit different. This is like they're trying to say that the vaccine side effects are only in their head. They're not actual physical ailments. In other words, you didn't really get myocarditis from the jab. You know, it's all in your head. Oh. No, and what they, what they need to do, and they need to, you know, talk to the parents and their healthcare professionals. No, those aren't the thinkers there. These are the people that are on in on the game. I missed the word vaccine. I probably read it out loud, too. I yeah. was just seeing COVID injuries. Yeah, no, this is uh, vaccine injuries. And um, what they're saying is, though, we need to talk to these people and talk to the parents to convince the parents that it's safe for their kids to get the jab. Yeah, okay. Not the thinkers. No, no. That's what this article is all about. You know, and they're saying the the vaccines are not to blame and the victims are not (sighs) faking it, according to the director. Yeah. So the vic, but the victims aren't faking it, but the vaccines aren't to blame. It's like, fuck the climate change. There we go. Climate change. Let's blame it on climate change. They're actually starting to blame (laughs) some of this shit on climate change, too. I know it's great. I gotta bring some. They're, of those they're blaming the heart conditions and children on climate change. Yes, I know. I love the ones <laughs> they did about cold winters cause more heart attacks. Yeah. You know, I saw I saw all those articles. and I'm like, oh god. And of course, on the stuff on my Twitter feed was, God, you should really tell that to all the Canadians who live in the Northern Territories. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, they suffer heart attacks all the time through the winter. Just no, by going out in the cold. It's the summer that causes it, man. The heat. Yeah. The heat causes it. No, it's the cold, man. They got articles that say it's the cold. <laughs> in the summer, they'll change those articles so that it's the heat that causes it. You know, it's, you know, people's attention span is, you know, barely larger than a goldfish. So they won't remember six months ago. No, most of the new generation's attention span is less than a goldfish's. Yeah. Uh, this next one is one I brought. Ladies on The View blame the unvaxxed for the new variants. Oh, I know. that makes so much sense, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. The unvaxxed <laughs> were the ones that carried it across the, uh, across the oceans because they could fly. Oh, yeah, totally. This is just something I wanted to bring for the stupidity of it. It's like, really? Really? Yeah, it's, it's, it's stupid. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, the next one. German father shot his wife and three children, <coughs> then himself, because his forged <coughs> vax pass was found out. <coughs> that was done via, That was done out of shame. It was, but also it was done because he was terrified that the ministry was going to take his children once they found out, yep. which I have to admit is a real fear. It is. I have, I have heard multiple times, especially over the past year, of people who have killed their children and themselves because of their terror of having their children taken away. Oh, yeah. Those suicide rates have gone up so dramatically during this last two years. Those oh, that, yeah. They can't kill them with the vax. Get them to commit suicide. Well, one of the issues about this, it, it, it leads into um, the, whole, the whole ministry thing. I'll leave that for another show. Yep. All right, let's see. You brought something about 1918 pandemic compared to today's pandemic. This is great. Like, 
People are calling this holistic advice, but I just call it common sense. Mm -hmm. The government used to use common sense, which is why I think there is a lot more to this whole lockdown over the past couple of years than this stupid flu. That was when we used to have people in, that we used to elect people with common sense. Makers in charge. Mm -hmm. So if you scroll down, then there's actually like, this is the information that they give. One of the main things they keep saying is don't panic. Yep. It's like, really? No panicking, eh? But yeah, they, they talk about make sure that you get fresh air. Make sure that you go in the sunshine because sunshine can kill germs in a few minutes. Vitamin D. Vitamin D sunshine. and also the UV light, I guess. Yep. But it's like, ugh. protect yourself from infection. Keep well and do not get hysterical over the epidemic. Yep. That, that would be a good one to be saying right now. Mm-hmm. And have you heard about Fauci calling himself the science? He's saying that when people are going against the science, they're going against him. Oh, no. No, I, going against him, they're going against the science, yes. is what he says. Spouting off nonsense about how he is the science. I, yes, he's I, claiming he is the god science. So they, got, they, got, they, they got him actually saying that? I, wanna, I, wanna, I would love to get that oh, yeah. quote. <laughs> That was a special face that, mask, hey? Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> if you're going to wear a face mask, why not, man? A air filter from a uh, <laughs> Holly carburetor. That's a Holly carburetor <laughs> air filter. I, I used to see those all the time on big engines attached to a breather thing. Yeah, God, love that. <laughs> you can do much to lessen the danger to yourself mm -hmm. by keeping in good physical condition. Oh, Absolutely. Called, Eat simple, nourishing food, and drink plenty of water. Mm -hmm. Avoid constipation. Secure at least seven hours of sleep. Avoid physical fatigue. In other words, live a healthy lifestyle. You notice that's the one thing they've not been talking about in this? No, they've been locking us in our houses, so we all get out of shape and very unhealthy. You know, for those of us who bother to obey them fucking stupid rules. Yeah, but how long do you think before they start going around and welding us into our houses? Well, that might present a problem for me. I won't go into that here because, uh, well, that would get me in too much trouble, even on Odyssey. Well, yes, but my point is they are already doing it in places like China. How long well, before they start doing it to us? But China, China has, is has nothing a, but our future. It, well, it is, uh, but they, first they have to disarm our population. And mm. they haven't succeeded in doing that yet in Canada. True. Still dangerous yeah. for the worker bees. It's still sort of dangerous for some of the worker bees out there, you know. But <laughs> and it's even more dangerous for the worker bees in the states. I also like this one. A we're, day one of, we're one of two populations. We're one of we're one of two populations. We're we're I think we're I think we're we're one of the only other countries that's still highly armed. Come I to think, think so. of it, come to think of it, Canadians are Canadians own a lot of guns. United a lot States, more than people think. A hell of a lot more than people think. People think Canadians <laughs> don't have... People think Canadians can't get guns. And they're like, yeah, okay. No, we can. No, we it can get them. It takes a lot of paperwork. It takes a lot of paperwork. It's a bit of a pain in the ass, but it can be done. But, of course, the United States has like, I think a third of the world's, the world's supply of guns are in, this, in the hands of the citizens of the United States. They, yeah. got, they got a population of 300 million and they got somewhere in the neighborhood of a billion plus guns. So that's like three guns per, per person in the, in the U.S. Yep. Yeah, so it's like, and then, of course, you go through the world, and I, I think about it, 
there's no other Western country that lets the general population get guns easily. England, no. Australia, no. New Zealand, no. Germany, no. France, no. It's like none of them. Switzerland. Canada and the U.S. are the last holdouts. Yeah, Canada and the U.S. are the last holdouts. Could be because, you know, Canada, of course, has a whole lot of wilderness. We need our fucking guns just for living in the wilderness. <laughs> this next one is a little bit disturbing. Hmm. As we keep saying, Australia is the testing ground. Yep, they're six months Queen ahead of us, though. Queensland is now refusing life-saving transplant surgery unless they get the jab. That's happening in Canada, too. Only I've, in some provinces, yeah, yes, but the point is, is people are being refused life-saving medical care yes. unless they get the job. Yes. Uh, well, my favorite, I didn't bring the article. Um, I think it's in Germany they, where, they can, where, they, where it's legalized uh, euthanasia where you can kill yourself. They can't be euthanized unless they take the jab. Did you know that some fella actually came up with a brand new sleek and modern killer killing chamber that mm -hmm. he put up the uh the plans to online for free so so people can avoid all doctors and they can avoid all safeguards and mm -hmm. just build it themselves yep oh yeah yeah i found that interesting yeah personally i find it easier just to go out to the forest and you know in a good cold winter and go hunting and then let the fire burn out and go to sleep yep you will never wake up you won't wake up at least not up here in the north. No, not up here in the north. In, in the southern <laughs> areas, it's a little harder to do that. But up here in the yeah. north, yeah, it's just, you know, hypothermia will set in. You'll, you'll, you'll sleep right through it. You'll sleep right through it. <laughs> uh, Twitter censors links to American Heart Association over vaccine research. I know. That one there is just fucking <laughs> hilarious. It is. It was, it was, it was false information. It's unsafe. It's unsafe and, information. Yeah. It, it came from the American Heart Association. You know, the, the association that deals with heart problems put out information about the heart and what the vaccine's doing to it. But, okay, they don't know what they're talking about. No. The next one here is the, the link I found with the pictures of unvaccinated, not welcome signs in Germany. And what it has is it has pictures of uh, Jews not welcome and the unvaccinated not welcome, and they compare the, the two. It's really quite interesting. I, I love history, so this is one of the things that I actually enjoy looking at. Yeah. But it's also mildly terrifying. Yep. Mildly terrifying. Yep. Yeah, and if you scroll down, there's more pictures. It's crazy, man. Mm-hmm. Just everywhere. Every shop there is saying, no, you can't have this. Mm -hmm. There's another one that I came across. I can't remember if I brought it or not, but over 150 big label companies like McDonald's and Nike in Germany are now saying, are now changing their famous slogans so that their slogan says something about the vaccine. Mm -hmm. Like McDonald's um, vaccine, I'm loving it, or vaccinated, and I'm loving it. Yeah. It's creepy. It is creepy, and it's creeping into different parts of the world. Yeah. Uh, next one I have here is judge holds hospital in contempt 
of court for refusing ivermectin to COVID patient on ventilator and ignoring the court order. So at least one court system is working in some ways. This was in Virginia. Yep. Well, they got some judges in the states. They get in front of the right judge in the states and they're upholding everything. You know... Yeah, well, Canada still tr- still calls it, oh, I had an article from uh, the Times colonist here. Where, oh, it was that same article I started this with at the partway through it. Let's see here. There it is. Let me bring that back up again. It was partway down through it. It was like another piece of the, the pie here. All right. Okay, here's a, here's a part of it is that, you know, as of Monday, there are 44 reported cases of the Omicron in, in BC, including five on the island. Four of the cases are related to a University of Victoria gathering that resulted in an outbreak that has infected at least 124 people. Wait a minute. There's only 44. But there's only 44. reported, but 124 have been infected. How do they know 124 have been infected if there's only 44 reported cases? They looked into their magic ball. They did. Obviously. They did. Okay. It was all because of the rugby team had a party. All yeah. right. Now, the modeling releases. Um, how many positive persons? Where is it at here? Because they, they went in to talk about approximately 355 age group, blah, blah, blah. So people gathered through. Median age of 33. Uh, th- hey, does that mean I'm safe since I'm 34 now? Yes, you're safe now. <laughs> and they're, they're saying, they're, you know, our, our, our illustrious Dr. Henry, who now has security around her. <laughs> oh, yeah. She needs to, man. Yeah. People Isn't are getting that, sick of it. They're telling people to keep gathering small through the holiday. Rethink those parties where you want to be together with groups of people you may not know. It's risky right now. Yeah, you might catch cold. You might catch cold. Um, I mean, back to like 200 years ago, a cold was a serious thing. Mm. A cold could turn into pneumonia, which would kill you. Yeah, it was the pneumonia was the problem, not the cold. Yeah, but the cold is what caused the pneumonia because it lowered your immune system. So 200 years ago, a cold was a serious thing. It's not a serious thing now. We have Tylenol and Advil. And um, my ever favorite, Dayquil and NyQuil. Oh, I must not have saved the article. I thought it was in this article here. Um, they went on to talk about the ivermectin being a horse dewormer. <laughs> oh, jeez. <sighs> so Canada's still calling it a horse dewormer. Of course. So can it's still banned in Canada. <laughs> okay, so this next one I have is something that's a little near and dear to my heart. What's that? Um, kindergartners being forced to sit outside on buckets six oh, feet apart for lunch. Oh, this is fucking child cruelty, cruelty and abuse yeah. at its best. So 40 degrees in Fahrenheit, but that's only 4.4 in Celsius. Yes, so it's four degrees. four degrees. Four degrees. So it's four degrees Celsius. Yeah. And these kidlets are outside in this bloody weather to eat their bloody lunch. Yeah, like, I would be yanking wow. my kid from that school. Now, connected to this... Uh, some fellers saw this and decided to create a thread on Twitter. And he said, let's make a list of what kids are facing in schools connect and connect it to this thread. So if you click on the next link right below this, some of these things 
are just insane. And it makes me so happy that I did pull my kids out when I did because I know some of this is going on in public schools right now, but some like a lot of this I hadn't even thought about, such as the three-strike rule. The three-strike rule is when their mask slips three times, they're tallied on it on their own desk. And if they have their mask slipped three times, then they don't get recess. Hmm. It's insane. I'll bet your kids do it on purpose just so they can stay inside after being forced to eat lunch outside. Probably. I would. There's not much to this. All it is is just hmm. someone driving by and yeah. doing a side-to-side swipe on the kids. Yep. That's all the video is. This picture actually shows you better what's going on. Oh, there we go. Listed kids. Here we go. I remember when I was in high school, I used to go to um, like uh, daycares and elementary schools and I'd take a picture through the fence with all of the toys out when there's no kids and stuff just to show that every school and every daycare was nothing more than an institution and never have my pictures of that been more true than they are now. No, there's a good one. Six-year-old can't uh, take the mask off for speech therapy. <laughs> It's like, yeah, how can you do speech therapy you can't see what the teacher's trying to t- tell you? Yeah. Yeah, there's so much stupidity going on here. No yeah, more and like kids who have hear. hearing aids, they can't hear anything with a mask on. Yeah, that's it the It knocks a hearing aid out. De- well, it's not, I'm thinking about, what about deaf kids, you know, that depended upon, mm. that had learned to lip read? Yeah. You know, what about all the kids or people who learned to lip read, now they've got no faces to lip read? And parents aren't allowed in the schools. Yeah, parents aren't allowed in the schools. There's no water in the schools. Hmm. Like this one right here, I tell my kid to take her mask off if she ever feels dizzy or unable to breathe, and she says the teachers yell at her. She's Hmm. scared to get in trouble, scared her teachers won't like her. She tried to hug a friend. They play together after school daily, and a teacher blocked her from it. Yeah. Like, what the fuck, man? Well, it's like everyone is, they're they're in massive abuse mode. Power, oh, yeah. Power, power, man. Like, uh, scroll it for just a sec. Keep going. One above it. Being yelled at constantly in school, hallways for masks falling beneath the nose, mm. not knowing what faces of their peers actually look like, not being able to socialize at lunch, depression, low-grade anxiety, little recall of their life before COVID. Like, oh, yeah. I was talking to my kids, and no, they actually don't really remember what life was like before COVID. Yep, well... There's some that wouldn't remember, no. And then if you scroll down. Yep. The unvaxxed kids being punished for their parents' choices. Weekly testing for unvaxxed kids. Oh, they started, Travel quarantines they... that only apply to unvaxxed kids. Active othering of unvaxxed kids. Good example would be teacher leading a round of applause after a kid announces they are vaxxed. Yes, I heard something about that this week. Yeah, it's, it is no different from the way that people treated the Jews. Yes, it's exactly the same. It's identical. As many, as many people used to think, you know, a few years ago, gee, I don't see how they could have possibly done that in, in Nazi Germany. How could people have not seen that coming? How could they have ever been so bad? Well, they didn't go from step one to pushing people into cattle cars and into gas chambers. It was a slow process over several years. Yeah, which is exactly what's <clears throat> happening right now. And each way, each little step along the way, people cheered and hollered mm-hmm. and went, "Yeehaw! Yay! Push them, 
push them, and eventually it was like it was eventually all the all the neighborhood people pushing the Jews into the trains. They didn't even need the soldiers anymore. Groupthink. No, that's what's happening. We're in massive groupthink mode right now. Yeah. All right. Let's see what we've got here. Oh, Pfizer is calling for the fourth jab. They're already talking about a fifth and sixth jab. And in fact, countries like Canada and Australia have bought so many, have contracted for so many doses of the vaccine that they're up to seven jabs. Yeah, but now they're changing it so that you can only be fully vaxxed if you have four shots. Yes. Yes, well, they got to finish changing it so that you're fully vaxxed after three. They haven't got to the point where and they haven't they haven't fully gotten it to every country where you're fully vaxxed after three. They're only just getting that switch over. There's still a two in Canada. Mm-hmm. Australia's moving to three. Germany's definitely moved to three. Yeah. Austria has moved to three. Why is Germany always one of the leaders in stuff like this? Because that's the German mind think, man. Is the Germans always want to control? Once you once you let the people in, once you once Germany elects the the uh, insane people in the power, it just goes nuts. And the people are sheep, old man. They're they're worse than Canadians. And how did the Australians become one of the leaders in this crazy? <sighs> I have no idea. But you know what? Uh, have you seen the latest videos out of Australia though? Do I want to? Oh, yeah. They've only happened in the last few days. What is it? Um, protests so huge. There's no room in the picture to cover all, to, to count all the people. Oh, finally. Yeah, I think, the, I think Australia is finally breaking. I yeah, think, I think good. The, I think the people are finally cracking and they're starting to fight back. I think it's happening in Australia. Let's hope, it, let's hope they manage it and that they don't end up all stuck in those giant uh, concentration camps that they built for them. So it's, 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 we're going to know in the next couple of months. I remember Australia is six months ahead of us. Yeah. You know, we'll see what happens. Because they're in their summer right now. They're, yeah. They're in summer right now and we're in winter. And of course, protests don't happen very much in the winter, mm-hmm. at, at least in northern latitudes. They only happen in the summer months. And maybe that's why the, the uh, countries in the, in the central equ- equatorial zones, maybe that's why those countries aren't forcing the jab, such as Mexico and Bolivia and all the Central America stuff and the African stuff and all the stuff that's in that nice warm temperate zones where it's year-round comfortable, where people mm-hmm. can get out year-round and protest. You notice our, pro- our problems and lockdowns have only occurred during the winter here. And comes- yes, because you'll get frostbite if you go out and protest at this time of year. Yes, well, <laughs> come springtime, though, did you know they, they, they freed us up for the spring and summer this last year. But as soon as fall set in, they started implementing the restrictions again. They did that the first year, yeah. too. They did that the first year, too. And the same thing with Australia. But this year in Australia, they didn't free them up for their summer. They've made the restrictions even worse. They and screwed of, themselves over. And, of course, now people can get out and protest because Australia's in a southern, uh, not temperate climate because their, their climate is like our northern zone. Yeah. You know, their summer months are pretty much like ours except for northern Australia, which is like Mexico. Northern Australia yeah. is like Mexico, whereas the rest of Australia is like, uh, like uh, middle United States to, uh, to Canada. Interesting, because the North Island of New Zealand is, I always thought of places like summer months in Hawaii. Yeah, well, you gotta, they moved Australia. Australia used to be south of, 
uh, or New Zealand used to be south of Australia, but now Australia is north of Australia. You mean New Zealand? New Zealand is north of Australia. They, New Zealand got moved in this new time zone. <clears throat> Interesting. You, I remember Austra- or New Zealand being south of Australia, but now it's up in the northern part of Australia. It's up more in the tropical zone. Yeah, I remember when I was a kid and you were showing me where I was going on, on the, gl- on the mm-hmm. globe I had in my bedroom. We had to fly to the U.S. and then we had to fly over Australia and to New Zealand. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not there anymore? No, it's, it's now in the north. You've got to look where Australia is now, or New Zealand is now. It's no longer where it used to be. Weird. Yes, I know. Welcome to this version of uh, the Mandela Effect. Well, at least you and I are from the same universe at this point. Yeah, most of the time. <laughs> There's a few times where we're not. Yep. Anyways. All right. Lord Fauci states in an interview that the very definition of fully vaxxed is going to change to getting all four of these shots. Yep. It's not a matter of... Look at that. Hail Fauci. Oh, my God. You didn't see that? (laughs) (laughs) You didn't see that, Hans? No, I did not. I'm sorry. That (laughs) jumped right out at me. And he's got a wristband on his hand. What the hell's the wristband for? It looks like a hospital wristband. Uh, that's one of those fancy new wristbands, I think. It's like monitors you. Maybe he's dying. Maybe, we can hope. Well, we can only hope that. Maybe, maybe, it's his, maybe it's his overlords, and if he doesn't do what he's supposed to, he gets shocked. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> but I just, noticed, I just noticed the arm up. All hail Fauci. <clears throat> wow. Yeah, I did not see that. Hi, 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 Yeah, here it is. All right, let's see if we can play this. Always on the table, because this, this discussion's been going on for a bit, and I was just kind of, with this data coming in this morning, I, I'm kind of stuck with, is it a matter of She's not overly cute, she's too skinny. Not if the definition yeah. of fully vaccinated changes. You know, my own personal opinion, Kate, is what you said is correct. It's going to be a matter of when, not if. Does timing of that matter? All right. We don't need any more of that. No. Well, she's hitting 40, man. She's smacking against the wall. She's too skinny. Women need a layer of fat to be attractive. Doesn't... Yeah, yeah well, like... but she, she, she's hitting 40, man. She's got to compete against the... Uh, hot young up-and-comers who are going to take her job. Fair enough. You know, I've been watching Grey's Anatomy mm-hmm. from the beginning because yeah. the kid wanted to watch it and I haven't watched it for a long time. And the things that they do in that show mm-hmm. now are so opposite mm-hmm. of what they portray in TV shows now. Yeah. Like, in that show, within the first couple of seasons... A couple of the characters almost lose their entire apprenticeship because they are doing what's right rather than just giving the like d- doing what they're told to do. Yes, well, that's what they that's used to do. That's not how it goes anymore, and no. not in shows either. No, in real life, that's what it is. That's like they don't want to rock the boat anymore. Mm-hmm. They don't want to think. They don't want to challenge. They just want to get paid and be done with it. All right, here is the most insane fucking woman on the planet. Oh, yeah. The New Zealand Prime Minister, fucking total crazy eyes. Yeah. Uh, I've got to bring more of the stuff from her to the show, man. She fucking is a limitless 
supply of fucking insane quotes. <laughs> if you scroll down, there's a video of her sta stating this. Yeah. Here it is. So long as there's people who are eligible who haven't been vaccinated, we've got work to do. You know, I don't think I'll ever be satisfied so long as there's someone who's choose, you know, who... Okay. Look, look at that fucking face. Look at those hey, eyes. Hang on. Did you hear that? Yeah, hang on. We'll go back a little bit. Let's go back a little further. All right, hang on. I don't think I'll ever be satisfied so long as there's someone who's choose, you know, who who is eligible and hasn't been. And that's where I've said this. Okay, you notice the laugh and the giggle? <laughs> Yeah, but did you hear her gaff there? Uh, no, I didn't. I don't think I'll ever be satisfied. Oh. Okay, listen. So long as there's someone who's choose, you know, who, who is eligible and hasn't been. And that's where I've said this. There's not going to be an end point to this vaccination program. Yeah, uh, I, miss no, I don't think I'll ever be satisfied so long as oh, yeah, there it is. Choose, you know, who. She who, won't be satisfied as long as there's people who choose to not take the vax. No, no, no. She corrects herself. Yeah, hang on. She completely backs up there. She says, so long as there's people who choose, who are able to take the vaccination, she moves back from the camera at that moment, mm -hmm. which says a lot because as she's saying, who choose then fixes herself, it shows and proves the whole point of you don't get an option in this. She says choose. She needs to immediately fix it because that's not the narrative. You don't get to choose anymore. Yeah. If you're eligible, you have to get it. And it's yeah. interesting because she moves back from the camera, yeah. which suggests she doesn't actually believe in this, but she's saying it. Yeah, okay. Let's watch that again. Who are eligible, who haven't been vaccinated, we've got work to do. You know, I don't think I'll ever be satisfied so long as there's someone who's choose, you know, who who is eligible and hasn't been. And that's where I've said this. There's yeah. not going to be an end point to this okay. vaccination program. Uh, once we've, obviously, we're rolling out boosters now, so we've got a, another, you know, wave of people that we need to make sure that we're protecting again. So um, those who were vaccinated six months ago, we really need them to come back or we need to go to them. Yeah. And so long as there's people... Yeah, well, yeah. And so, yeah, she, there's like, and she, she, a constant supply of these exact same quotes over and over. But I found that very interesting yeah. that she gaffed like that. Oh, well, they all gaff like that. The, tru yeah, the truth wants to come but it's out. it's interesting. The truth wants to come out. The truth always wants to come out. Yeah, but the crazy lady gaffed. Yeah, well, even the crazy ones the crazy, gaffed. The crazy ones don't usually gaff because oh, yes, they usually do. the crazy ones are totally convinced. No, the crazy ones always gaff because mm. it's not necessarily they don't believe it. What happens is they know the truth in their head and they're trying not to say the truth. It's like someone tells you not to think about pink elephants. What fucking gets stuck in your head? Pink and purple polka dotted elephants? Whatever. Still pink elephants. Yeah, but it's only polka dots. Whatever. But the thing is, is they got the <laughs> truth in their head and they're trying to read their script, but somehow their subconscious spits out the truth. Yeah, it, but... It happens all the time. I mean, the No Agenda like show is Sauchi beautiful. gaff in a different way. Yeah, but they still See, spit the truth out. The crazy ones always gaff, but they don't usually gaff... And Fauci's fucking crazier way. than the rest of them. Yes, he is. He really is. Lord Fauci, the new yeah. god of science. Yes. The new god that is science. He's the new high priest of science. Mm -hmm. He is science. Kind of like uh, the first priest of, of, of Christ was the high priest of Christ. Fourteen. So this is just an article. Mm -hmm. There's no video or anything. 
And I found it a very interesting read. I got totally caught up in this because, like, the label is forcing people into COVID vaccines ignores important scientific information. Yeah. And I found it very interesting to read. It brings up the information. It brings up a whole bunch of, like, you can see the many links there. Yeah. It's it's a very interesting one. So I wanted to bring this up and let people know that, you know, this has some real facts, some real history, some real information that you'll want to check out. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Now, now that we're done with that, we will move along on this. Everybody was down flute fighting. <laughs> And all in Wuhan dying And it was a little bit frightening Alright, well let's wrap that up. That's the end of our, our Rona stuff for this week here. Maybe we'll skip it next week and try to catch up on some other shit. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> um, it's never in the supply, man. It's so hard not to. I can see why the No Agenda show, the no Agenda show spends an hour and a half on it each and every week. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just insane. But they do a three-hour show, and of course they do it in the morning. I'm half tempted to say we should do a three-hour show because then at least we'll get through yeah, at well, least half of our shit. We may have to move our show to seven to start at seven o'clock versus eight o'clock. We might just so we can do it. Yeah, we're getting to the point where we got to have to do we have to do a three-hour show just to get through some of the stuff. We got so yeah. much stuff to cover. It just never Especially ended. since we do tend to go off into side rabbit well, holes. That's the whole problem. Is the, the rabbit holes are there, <laughs> and it's hard to avoid them once you step into one. you got to yank your foot back out before you're completely pulled in. Yeah. You know, and we have so many rabbit holes to go down. I do want to cover up one, big, one quick thing that I had brought to the table, and it was about uh, Tomorrowland, Never Never Land, and where did it go? I had the information here. It was a great website to visit for information. Okay, I have to oh, interrupt you. You passed your scroll blotter on to me. I will be right back. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> Sorry. I will uh, be right back. do this then. Drop your pants next to the bed. That's just what the woman said. Look upon her face, was mighty boy. Drop your toys and stay a while. Her well, I was nervous as could be. 
smiled so patiently The room was cool but I was hot as hell Drop your pants next to the bed That's just what the woman said Look upon her face was mighty cold Drop your doors and stay a while She said come here with a smile Told her I was not that kind of boy Morning lifted up my eyes Across my fingers gave a sigh All at once came someone to the door A voice pounded at the air I know my daughter's in there She said calmly as my bare feet hit the floor Drop your pants next to the bed That's just what the woman said Look upon the face of mighty boy Drop your doors and stay a while She said calmly with a smile It's your fault, you know. Yeah, well, whatever. Your genetics, all your fault. All right. Well, this is one I wanted to cover real quick because it was so interesting. And we'll wrap it up with this. It was at amalula.org. It was a site that had so much information. And oh. it still sort of exists. It's been moved to amalua.com. Yes, but it's been moved behind a... It's, he moved most of the really good stuff behind a paywall. Ah. And reading his letter about this, I think he pissed off some of the elites mm -hmm. by giving the information out freely. And so he's moved it behind a paywall for those that'll pay $216 or more to donate to him to get the information. I may do that and cover the information a little bit more in detail when I have the money. I don't know when I will, but the ones, that, the stuff I, ta I talked about a few episodes back, such as the Georgia Guidestones and other stuff, that's all gone behind the paywall. He's now got very little in front of the paywall now, which is hmm. a shame because this was so much fascinating, beautiful information. And uh, he does give a good explanation about it. And I do sort of understand it. And of course, you know, part of it was nobody was donating to him and he wasn't making anything from it. And it's really hard to put the kind of hours he put into this and not get any appreciation for it. Yeah. So it's really hard. And I understand it, but it's a shame that it had to happen. But part of his, in, part of his description was as if he was, you know, trying to explain that to the elites or the thinkers that, hey, I'm a really good man. I'm a team player. Maybe you'll treat me nicely when the world comes to an end. Because, mm -hmm. of course, his belief here is that 2015 or 2025 is not going to happen. We will not have a 2025 in our calendar. Because our world comes to an end between now and, tw and, and winter 2024. Oh, it would fit with John Teeter's timeline. Uh, he, well, he, no, this is beyond John Teeter's timeline. He believes that the Earth is going to have a Earth crustal displacement. And mm. sometime in the next two, three years, uh, three, four years, sometime between now and 2024, is Earth is going to experience an Earth crustal displacement. If we experience an Earth crustal displacement, Go watch, go watch the movie um, um, 2012. 
mm-hmm. that shows you exactly what's going to happen in Earth crustal displacement. We're screwed. Well, it does also make sense. Yeah. Well, it's it's a high possibility. It does it does the possibility does exist considering all the shit that's happening right now, and considering yeah. the fact that we have had Earth's crustal displacement in the past. That's why Antarctica is our South Pole. Yeah. Because Antarctica, it has been proven through stuff that Antarctica used to be in a tropical zone. And it's, yes, which is very interesting. And it's moved approximately thirty degrees on the globe to become the southern polar content, uh, continent. And, and it's been proved that Egypt used to be in a zone that would have made it like uh, Amazon. Yes. Well, not just Egypt, the entire Middle East, because as the Bible said, as we, as we talked about in the Bible tonight, the Bible talked about the cedar trees. Mm-hmm. Those cedar trees haven't existed for thousand, a couple thousand years. In the Middle East. Which is so interesting. You know, the Bible talks about stuff that existed in the Middle East, and it's like, that, uh, that hasn't existed in the Middle East for thousands of years. You know, climate and other things. You know, so it's like, that's why I said the Bible is not only a history, but it's, a prof- uh, it's not just a prophetic warning, it is a warning of the cycles that are to come that are coming and are happening now, you know, and if you believe in the Bible or fate or reincarnation or whatever your beliefs are, you are on this planet at this particular point in time to do a specific item. You chose to be here for this specific challenges in time. You are amongst the souls that decided this is the time you wanted to be on this planet to experience these events that are occurring now. You know, that actually makes me think of a link that I brought. Hmm. It's connected. Okay, where's that? Um, it's under out-of-place artifacts. It's the last one in the list here. Okay. And someone is building a giant monolith. Oh, uh, you have to put a dash at the end of the link. For some reason, they have these weird links where there's a dash at the end, and it doesn't like to translate. But yeah, it's somebody is building a giant monolith in Tasmania to record our slide towards climate catastrophe so that future civilizations can understand why we died. And I can't help but wonder... We like to think that our previous civilizations are run by wise people, by smart people. But what if they were just run by the same kind of idiots who put the monoliths there for the same kind of reasons? So they, what if the reason why we don't understand the monoliths that we keep finding is because it is the same kind of ridiculousness that they expect everyone to understand, mm-hmm. like that odd monolith right there in the middle of Tasmania? Well, think about the pyramids. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, the pyramids, according to current archaeology or archaeology for the last hundred years, supposedly those pyramids are 5,000 years old or less. They were built by the pharaohs and slaves built them, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Okay, those pyramids are not 5,000 years old. They're, not they're ten, much older. They're not 10,000 years old. They are somewhere between 15,000 to 40,000 years old. 
And they uh, okay. could be giant batteries. Well, they are. But the point being, how long had we looked at those pyramids before we figured out the geometry of those pyramids that the mathematics built into those pyramids tells us everything we need to know about the earth and the stars and the sun and measuring the planet and measuring the distance to the moon and the stars. It measured every, all the measurements of existence are in that, are in the, let's take the Great Pyramid. The Great Pyramid is the big one. All the measurements are in that pyramid. How long did it take us to figure that out? And the people who built it probably thought, oh, fuck, it'll be obvious for them. <laughs> yeah. And what if, what if they were doing the same thing that these guys are doing with this giant monolith? They're building it for, oh, future generations will know what's happening. Well, what's going into this to record it? Is there computers or something going in there? It's like, what's going to happen when the next civilization doesn't develop the same way we develop. Like if you go back, it's like if you study ancient lost civilizations, and I, I don't study them, but I, I dig into them from time to time. I'd love to have the time to just study and research the lost civilizations of this planet. So interesting. You know, each civilization, like I, I've always told people since I was young, I've said I, I don't believe we are the first civilization to gain this height of technology. I believe this is like our seventh time we've been here. And each time we've attained this, we've attained it in a different way. We discovered a different source of power to get to this height of civilization. Because you can't get to this height of civilization without a source of power, a source of energy. And our source of energy this time, we chose fossil fuel energy to gain mm -hmm. this height of power and a and, uh, height of achievement in our civilization. You know, the pyramids allude, and we're not talking about just Egypt pyramids, but the pyramids across the globe, which are all yeah. so similar to each other, theirs are based on um, electrostatic electricity, mm -hmm. which is what um, Tesla was trying to tell us about. I was just going to say, like Tesla. Like Tesla. He was trying to tell us about electrostatic electricity. But the last civilization, which was just before us, which nobody knows for sure what caused their downfall, which, of course, the fingerprints of the gods, he talks about it was an earth crustal displacement, which wiped out their civilization. Yeah. And, of course, we had to start all fucking over again. We had to start all over again. And so we lost all that knowledge that had been accumulated except for bits and pieces here and there that managed to survive, such as the uh, Repriest map, the map that showed Antarctica before it was covered in ice. You know, and that was a map from the 1500s, but the guy who created that map said he based it on a map much older that probably came from the library at Alexandria. Which is amazing because so many scrolls, so many, so much information was destroyed. Oh well, here's an, here's a here's a here's a conspiracy theory for you. What if the information that Alexandria was only told it was destroyed, and what if it was gathered out of the library before it was set fire, and it was pushed somewhere, such as the library that's now contained in the. Um, uh, what's it call it? The Catholic Church place, whatever, their libraries. 
What oh, if, well, that, that that would actually make a lot of sense what because they, they have they have lo- seriously locked down library of yeah. all kinds of things. And they have so much information, but they won't let anyone see it. Why do they keep nope. this information from the public? There is so much information that we could do. It's like we we have enough information right now. The governments of the world are busy fucking with us and sending us off chasing shadows and worried about vaccination and lockdowns and everything while we're in the middle of, well, not in the middle, while we're at the beginning of a grand solar minimum. And what we should be doing is preparing. We should be preparing the population. We should be preparing our food source. We should be preparing the new growers. We should be preparing so many things right now to survive the upcoming calamities, but everyone's busy consolidating their power so that they yeah. can have power after the event. So, because the elites, the, the elite elites, you know, the top 1%, the ultra rich, they know all this shit. They have all this information. They have access to all those libraries. They've taught their children this information. They know what's coming and they're preparing to ride out the storms for their generate, for their prodigy to take over when we come through the other side in 50 years. And that's the problem that I've got is unfortunately my kids, your kids, and many kids are going to have to ride through this. Well, it's not a choice. It's, It's dealing with and surviving through this and finding communities that will come together and ride out the storms that are coming and mm-hmm. the trials that are coming so that they can get out the other side and their kids will be the rebuilders of the next world. I was actually talking to my partner about this earlier tonight, mm-hmm. how the elites don't think about just taking care of this generation. Oh, they no, think of as far ahead as taking or providing and taking care of their great grandchildren. They're, no, they're beyond. They're they're into their great great grandchildren. They think they okay. think three and four generations ahead, which is what but, I do. I think three and four generations ahead. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have the money. Wrap itself around that. I'm still so busy just surviving. Even when I was that, surviving, I was thinking about my great grandchildren. Well, that is the point I'm trying to bring up is so many of us are stuck thinking about no farther than just our grandchildren because, or even our own children because we're so busy surviving yeah. day to day just trying to make ends meet. Yeah, well, that's Figuring a, out which bill to skip for the month in order to keep the rest intact. It's, it's hard to think ahead when you're surviving, but you have to learn how to survive mm-hmm. and think ahead. Yeah. It's like... It's, People used to think about the winter when they were planning before we had all the technology we have now, but they couldn't just think about one winter. They had to think several winters ahead because Mm -hmm. they knew cycles were happening. They knew one winter would be cold. The next winter might be mild, but they might have two or three winters of misery ahead. And then they might have two or three winters of calm, but they still had to plan for the worst each and every year. When I was in my 20s, that was when I was just learning to think about winter Mm -hmm. in the summer. Like, at this point in my life, I'm able to think as far ahead as my grandchildren. Yeah. I haven't figured out how to think any further than that. But when I was in my 20s, still new parent, I was only able to think as far ahead as, like, when I was still in my early 20s, I was only able to think as far ahead as next month. 
it takes a lot of practice, and that practice is something that general society is very out of practice. They're in. out of practice. And that is why we are finding ourselves in this Hello. It seems really capable yeah. of thinking any farther than maybe ne- this upcoming winter. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the problem we've got. We've got a lot going on. But I think we've been an hour and a, we've been two and a half hours into this. We're going to have to... Just a quick side note. What? Uh, Did you know that there is a chamber underneath the Sphinx? Yes. Isn't that cool? They've been been hiding it from the public for... uh, Long time. 70 years. There's photos from the 1930s of people coming out of that chamber. It's so interesting. I Mm. wish I knew it was in there. Yeah. Well, nobody... They they won't let us know because they're, they're hiding information from us. Oh man, the Egypt government is cr- is just crazy protective yeah. over over the Sphinx yeah. and the pyramids. Yeah, because there's something there that they that will help them in the upcoming calamities. Yeah, I have a feeling that Egypt is going to be fine. Well, they're they're in a spot that survived the last uh, um, um, uh, crustal displacement. You got to remember, it's like here on the island. I've been kind of scoping it. We've got places on this island that may survive it, and those places mm-hmm. are up in the Cowichan Valley. And part, yeah. of, part of what gives me that idea is the, the mythology lore that comes down from the Cowichan nations. Like the Bear Cave? No, well, the Bear Cave was up on Bear, uh, up on Bear Mountain, and they blew that to yeah. shit. But what I mean is mythology like that, things yeah, well, that have been it, around. Yeah, the, the mythology that's been around since the flood, because the people mm. on the the peoples of this island survived the last flood. Not all of them, but a vast majority. But the Couch and Valley Nation survived the flood. Not all of them, yeah. but a vast number of them survived the, the floods by by going up to the top of the peaks that are located in and around the oasis within. A 15-minute drive or or a half day's walk. Now, the interesting thing about a earth crustal displacement, you will know when it happens. And you, oh, will, yeah. you will have approximately six to 18 hours before the first tidal waves hit you. Oof, that's and, terrifying. Okay, well, the tidal waves are going to happen. You know, I never had a fear of tidal waves until the last, like, five or six years. Yeah. I've developed this intense fear mm. of, of tidal waves. Well, I don't know where it's come from, but I, I now have, like, this absolute terror of tidal maybe waves. Maybe you're seeing my dreams. When I, was, when I was a kid, I used to have this horrible dream about a tidal wave. Really? I did. From, when I was, from the time I was about, well, let's see, eight years old. So about 13, it was a reoccurring dream that wouldn't go away. And it was about a massive tidal wave encompassing all of the area I lived in in Southern California. Interesting. And then periodically since then, it still comes in. It hasn't happened in quite some time. But I've been having dreams of tidal waves for but, the past five years. It's creepy. But the thing is, is that there are places in the Cowichan Valley area where there are peaks that may be just high enough to avoid the tidal wave. Which makes sense. You know, and that's the First Nations, the Cowichan Nation, they have from their mythologies, from their tales about the 
flood and the people who survived the flood. So it, it is possible that some of the places there could be high enough to survive the tidal waves that will come. But see, what I meant by you'll know when it happens because what will happen, unless you're sleeping, you won't know. Yeah. Uh, but what well, you will know because you'll feel the earth move. But if you happen to be awake and you look up, night will become day and day will become night suddenly. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the earth's going to slip around and the sunrise will suddenly be quicker or shorter than it used to be. Than it, than it normally is. And that's when the crustal displacements happen. And what happens is when that displacement happens, that's when all the earthquakes and all the rest of this shit will be going on in different parts. Who knows what will happen here. But at any rate, once the earth stops moving, that's when the tidal waves will suddenly kick in. And then the tidal waves will start moving across the oceans. Well, maybe that's why I have these horrible dreams about floods. Could be. Who knows? Could be premonition. But we've got all kinds of things happening. But, you know, the guy who wrote, wrote up that one website, his belief system was that we are going to have a earth crustal displacement. His, his belief is it's going to happen the winter of 2024. But he says it could happen as early as 2022, winter of 2022. I think I might help you pay for that donation so I can have access. Too, because it seems like information that would be good to have. That was the one I I tripped into, and I was up till three a.m. in the morning reading everything on his website. And then the next day, ah. and the next day I was reading it. I, I spent four days <laughs> reading everything I could on his site. I just I could now it's behind a paywall. And now it's behind a paywall. Yeah, I think I'm going to help you pay that donation yeah. because I want access to that. Yeah, it's just like it was just so much stuff. Because it, it started out, I wanted to know what the hell are these Georgia Guidestones all about anyway? That was my whole point. I started out because <laughs> I kept hearing Georgia Guidestones. Like, people are saying this about them, that about them. And it's like, what? And, and, and his website popped up number one. And I was like, okay, well, let's see what it is. And I saw what he wrote about the Georgia Guidestones and it made sense to me. Because they're not ju- they're not about... As he said in there, they're not about the elite saying we want to lower the population to 500,000. The elites are saying the population of the planet after this event will be less than 500,000. You know what I think? I think that that particular site should definitely be accessible by just about everyone. Well, that's what he believed. But then something changed in him in the last month and a half. Interesting. Yeah, definitely going to help you pay that yeah. that donation fee. Yeah, so he had so much stuff there. It was so it was so worth digging into. <laughs> and if you have the money, go pay him the money. Go spend the time. You will dig down that rabbit hole, and you will just get lost there for hours and hours. I had ex- <laughs> I actually it, I blew my entire schedule out of whack for a week and a half because I dove down that rabbit hole. Was it worthwhile? Mm-hmm. Well, then awesome. Well, I'm still talking about it now, even though I don't have all the information available. (laughs) It's like I wanted to even cover more and more of that information as each show went along because so much of this stuff is related to what we do. He's the reason I went and and bought the movie um, um, Tomorrowland because Tomorrowland, and and the reason I discovered he'd changed it was I just watched the movie and I went to, watch, went to see what he'd said about Tomorrowland again because I was trying to refresh my memory. And mm-hmm. that's when I discovered even Tomorrowland stuff was all placed behind a play, paywall. 
because Tomorrowland relates, the movie Tomorrowland relates to the thinkers. He said the thinkers created Tomorrowland and the thinkers were given, that was the last warning the thinkers gave everyone on the planet about the upcoming earth crustal displacement. Well, maybe this is the topic we should focus on next week. Yeah, well, not until I can uh, get his information again. Yeah, I'll help you out with that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're covered up a whole crap load of stuff tonight, and mm-hmm. uh, it's been a really interesting show. Hopefully, anyone out there who likes what we're doing kicks us some value for value for the show, and uh, we would love to hear from you. All right. A little music to carry us on out of here. These are the days of thunder. We're going to make time stand still. folks that's all we got for you now take care bye-bye take care adios mofo all righty all done and shut down and murphy